Hello and welcome to Box Cutters Special Dish ep- Liquor Special Dish Liquor Delta Force Bravo Echo Roger Wilco out. Thanks for joining us. It's just Delta Force. What? Bravo, we've done. Echo will be that, next that year. Years. Right. So this is Oscar Whiskey Tango. That that's way away. It, Unless we're just talking about the whiskey tangos. S- it's surrounded by whiskey tangos. Espadrill. Espadrill Delta. Special Espadrill Delta Force. Force. Yeah. Sedition Special Delta Force. Espadrill Delta Force. Yep. Yep. Welcome. It's a little bit of the Wilhelm scream. Just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was coming from the green room. I didn't realise you'd actually yeah. set it up. It gets it everywhere, the Wilhelm scream. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. I wish it had its own microphone. Slow it down <laughs> and it's laughter. A- apparently. Apparently so. Speed so up. It's like falling in love. This is, this is why I did this. I want people to... This, Brett has a theory that the Wil- Wilhelm scream, if you slow it down <laughs> and then play it underwater, it, it sounds, sounds like, like laughter. laughter. So this is... I- I'm going to do this. Haven't you got something we can plug in? Oh, yeah, I could probably plug it in. Probably yeah. be less stat- staticky and stuff. I'm sure. It's, uh... But I did like how you tilted the microphone there, like you were making love to it. It was very cinematic. Hey, you should always, uh, you should always tilt a microphone like you're making love to it. <laughs> Otherwise, it just won't respect you. That's why Freddie Mercury had that stand like he did. Yeah. That's yeah. what they teach you in microphone school. Are you ready? You yeah. ready for the scream? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very quiet. It is very quiet. It's your volume down. No, my volume's all the way up. Oh. I know, it's just Wikipedia. You're all the way up. Hey. <laughs> and so it starts. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Hey, good evening. Good day and good year to you, I listeners. I why we're here. <laughs> we're, why, we're, why we're here? Don't turn down my screen, Brett. Oh. It could happen at any time. <laughs> why we're here, it's because it's the last show of the year. It's box cutters. It's all about television. Not only is it the last show of the year, it's also the last box cutters of the decade if you consider that the decade starts at zero and oh, not don't one. don't start the number wars. Don't start the number wars. It's the millennium plus 10% bug. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. The, uh, well, yeah. it's not, no, it can't be 10% of the... It's the century plus GST. Yeah. The GST century. Yeah. That's what I yeah. think about the GST century. I'm sick of that now. Yeah, enough. <clears throat> yeah, fair enough. Uh, so we're going to be going through not only some of the uh, best shows of the year, maybe some of the worst shows of the year, maybe some of the, oh, was that a show of the year? We're also going to be looking back at the 2000 and zeros or See, whatever. You, you, you didn't tell the us this until 40s. just now. So like my research, which consists of, you know, one side of this piece of A5 paper is now horribly out of date. What no, I, no, what no, I to do? I've, I've only got the one piece of paper. I've got no more research. You know, you know why I decided this, John? Why? I, I decided this because I was looking back at the year and just going, <laughs> wow, it, it what a world. one side of an A5 What a world paper, yeah. of science fiction and comedy yeah. 2009 Gosh, was. We've been here almost five years. Yes. If, if you take that, that zero being the first year. Um, and... <laughs> 
And in all of those years, uh, I, I have I have looked back at the year and thought, what am I going to put into a list? That's why I never liked doing the list shows because there was never enough stuff to talk about on lists. I have if you're t- talking about of, top ten of list shows generally, because you know how at the end of the, end of the year, when newspapers go, oh, we're too lazy to write any actual reporting. Let's put lists of what we printed. At Bullet the, points that takes yeah. up the whole column. We know you paid for this when it was actually in the paper the first time, but we'll, we'll charge you for it again, but this time with even less, you know, reporting or insight into it. So hang on, you you hate a list show. That's what we're offering it today, isn't it? Even less insight. <laughs> well, that's that's why previously we've been uh, unordered items shows. You hate a list show. John, you hate a list show. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's not that I hate I, a list show. It's just that we don't have enough to talk about. I can't stand show. I can't stand a list show. Why do we do these? I don't know. It must have been Ross. Who's Oh yeah, Ross loved them. Ross loved them. Because yeah, last year when we did when I was doing the first one of these, you were going, Yeah, we hated doing these, but Ross loved them. And I thought, oh good, we won't be doing Delta. Here we are. I I don't know what happened. Still, well, I, still I think sexual petition. <laughs> Espadrill. Ep- epinephrine. <laughs> Epinephrine Delta. There's a. He was great in High School Musical. Three, wasn't he? <laughs> wasn't he just wonderful? I've got I've got pinups of him all over my I'm wall. So dreamy, isn't he? Oh, Epinephrine Delta. <laughs> when will you marry me? Uh, I so so it's not a list. It's not it's no. not it's not a list show. No, it's looking back at uh, television. What we've learnt about television throughout the year, and it's it's more it's a reflection. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> a meditation, as yeah. Yeah, right. we're like Mingus and Coltrane. We of do TV commentary. We we are. Is that is that the guy who I'm uh, Coltrane? Is John's Mingus? And Mingus Mingus is the one who tried to invade China. Uh, no. no, no, no. You're thinking the guy from Flash Gordon. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Topol. Yes. Right. Yes. It's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> However. Uh, because of uh... <laughs> really, he tried to invade China. <laughs> hey, where are we going? Go somewhere. It's no Slavis Snow Show, is it? <laughs> because of uh, certain events in the last twenty-four hours, we're going to kick things off very briefly with the box cutters news. And now for the news. Are we used to it yet? No, no, I, no I still, that sounds weirder than the one from last week. It's I the same think, one. It's the same one. I still think same somewhere, beasts. somewhere you found the short version that I thought I had the deleted. one you did on drugs. That the one that the one that was just never meant to go to air. The one that was just a little bit experimental. Me, Brian Wilson, we got together, <laughs> did some tweaking. But, on because it. I did but, go back and check the first short news intro. That but that theme, though, if you played great. that theme not underwater, it sounds like the Wilhelm scream. Does it really? It does. Laughing. Right. Yeah, yeah, listen to it. I'll, I'll hit the go button. No, I've, I've unplugged the thing because I was sick of it. <laughs> you get sick of the Wilhelm scream very, very... Ah! Hey, you know that weird Quickly. thing on news programs where everyone's like, the, the funny story, especially the morning ones, they go, oh, there we go, that's the kitten that, that got out of the well. And then they have to do the story about how the house has just burnt down and three people have died. Yeah. Josh. Early this morning, uh, we discovered that Brittany Murphy, uh, one of the stars of King of the Hill, one of my favourite shows... Uh, Passed away from a uh, ex-wife now of uh, Ka- Kevin Pedaline. How are the two kids going to be? No, that's that's Britney that's, Spears. Ah, oh, because that's, that's what I've been reading about. about. Yeah, I was in a cafe earlier and they said, "Did you hear Britney Spears is dead?" Yeah, no, that's uh, that's no a former musketeer, Britney Spears. Yeah. No, no, as far as I know, very much alive. Oh, okay. This oh. is this is Brittany Phew. Murphy who uh, spells spells the name differently. She had that big hit with "Hit Me One More Time," didn't she? No, that's Brittany that's, that's that's Britney Britney Spears. Oh, okay. 
uh, Brittany Murphy was uh, one of the... Toxic. Yeah. Uh, no, she was. It's Britney Spears as well. Brit- she spells her name differently. It's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y right. as opposed to the way Britney spells it, which is just wrong. Uh, she was one of the... Uh, you might remember as one of the penguins in uh, in Happy Feet. Mm-hmm. She or, came to uh, this country to attend the premiere. Uh, or uh, or uh, Luann. In, uh, in in King of the Hill, yeah, she, she wasn't wasn't sort of visually recognisable, which was she? And she was all the prosthetics. <laughs> yeah, 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 she's done and the rotoscoping. She she has done f- films, but she, her, her strengths really were in uh, voiceover work, and uh, and her her uh, animation voiceover work was just like I, I thought Luann, she did Luann perfectly. So did she was, have a squeaky kind of high voice. Uh, she. Uh, not not naturally. Did she, she did put that on for, mm-hmm. for Luanne? The, the Luanne accent then? Was that hers or was that also put on for Luanne? I believe that was also put on for Luanne. It's, that's, acting. it's acting. Yeah. It was totally acting with her voice. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, I really didn't uh, remember her from Clueless Girl Interrupted, Just Married, uh, or, or uh, Happy Feet or King of the Hill, but Eight Mile. Uh, she was the love interest of Eminem in that. Uh, oh, Kim Basinger. Uh, so no, was that she, was his mama. So was she married to the guy from 30 Rock? No, she was the one who was teaching the kids that through poetry they could break out and, and you know. Edward James Olmos. That was 184 Mile. Edward James Olmos. She was Edward James Olmos. Right, yeah. right. Kelly yeah. Griffin. Uh, the... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so is it, it's so, poor woman's dead. We've just got yeah. <laughs> kind of, that's nothing, what we do. With, you know, we did not cause this one. I don't think uh, we've ever mentioned Brittany Murphy. No, she was I, only thirty-two. I didn't, yeah, know, I didn't know who sad. she was. So I don't uh, know. Very, very young to die from a cardiac natural causes. Arrest. Yes, natural, natural causes. Has that been announced? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that was a question. Natural causes. Yes. Ah, hmm? oh. <laughs> I, I believe she did stop breathing. <clears throat> that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think. I, I think it's uh, there's there's going to be a, a coroner's report. TMZ on it. got on it first. Yeah, they were they were quick on it. She was uh, taking medication for flu-like symptoms, apparently. Well, and her husband had recently been taken to uh, to hospital for uh, stopping breathing with apparently an asthma attack in the plane. Okay. But uh, the uh, the police said no illegal drugs were found on the property. Uh, still. It's 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 suspicious. I, I would say it's suspicious. I'm no cop. Clearly, otherwise I wouldn't have asked that policeman all those questions yeah, earlier this year. You, you would have known stuff. I would, yeah, I would yeah. have gone. So, isn't it great? Isn't this great about police work? And he would have gone, yeah. And then we yeah. would have had lots of in jokes. He would have said, "Hey, didn't I see you at the police club? Yeah, you and, being a policeman like me." And I'd say, I'd say, yes, yes, I did. Isn't it funny how that man? Got that sauce on his pants, and we'd laugh and laugh and laugh, and you guys would just be com- completely Wind confused. We left out. Yeah, she had just recently been uh, kicked off and, and fired. Or not? From- or not? It depends on whose PR you read. Well, uh, newspaper headlines said that uh, she was she fired has been from replaced. and asked to leave the Puerto Rico sets of The Caller. Yes, a low-budget thriller. Uh, it's 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 very sad. It's very sad when somebody that young and clearly very talented. Uh, passes. I thought it was worth mentioning. I didn't realise we'd be making light of it as as much as we have. No, just a couple uh, of steps down, but but very similar to uh, Heath Ledger. Similar, you know, perhaps uh, contraindications between using different medications. Um, 
just come off a, a film and uh, yeah Heath Ledger was also though in a Terry Gilliam film and God hates Terry Gilliam it's true yeah it's true is that he why does. he won't fund his films yeah, yeah. that's why God just tries to stop any Terry Gilliam film that he can uh, hates Gilliam was, well, was it God's foot that he was using all those years in those uh, Monty Python animations I think it may have been David's but yeah it's bound to be God yeah. related yeah because uh, God once saw Brazil and went I don't really understand this yes that's, that's no more of that yes. Mr Gilliam and then Baron Munchausen, who went, why did I even let you? And the angel said, I told you so, God. I told you so. Those angels are wrong. <laughs> wrong! <laughs> We're going to get to that a little bit later on Munchausen's in, great. Uh, in, in the show. Damn uh, you, Speaking angels. of death, uh, Dan O'Bannon, who was 63 and uh, wrote the screenplay for Alien, is also, has also passed. Uh, right, uh, that's uh, television <laughs> how. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, talking he had one. About, uh, I'm about people going on. Also, uh, also in the news, uh, we did just get an email from uh, from loyal listener Shane, also known as Shane Boxcutter. Shabo, was this the ACMA one? Yeah, uh, 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 and I'll just read you the first paragraph because that's all I ever usually read of these articles. Mm-hmm. That's uh, broadcasters will be able to air extra advertising on their digital free-to-air channels and erase breaches of the rules governing free-to-air TV if they swiftly correct errors under significant concessions given by the communications watchdog. Uh, program classification rules have also been relaxed. Uh, yada, yada, Well, ACMA yada. was crazed with its own power. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's only fitting that they should give some of that up. Uh, d- definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Apparently the stern talking to has now been downgraded to a talking to. I was just... Uh, I, I was just kind of scanning through this article and the words turkey slap came up and I thought, is that how they're punishing networks now? <laughs> <laughs> no, it says following the uh, infamous turkey slap incident from 10's Big Brother program that was shown in online video, rules governing the portrayal of reality show contestants have been toughened to prevent participants from being shown, quote, in a highly demeaning or highly exploitative manner. Oh, well, there goes the second series of Beauty of the Geek. There goes, there goes every single reality TV show mm. Australia can possibly make. There was nothing overly demeaning or exploitative in Beauty and the Geek. I think that that, that show is a concept, both the uh, US version and Don't you think the, the Australian version. concept's kind of hateful, version, though? And, yeah. I, and I say that loving Corinne and Toby as much as I do because they're lovely. Don't you think the concept is itself sort of demeaning? Saying that women are just pretty things who can't do physics and... People who know stuff. No, it's not uh, saying that. It, it's saying that the particular ones that they select <laughs> for the show. It's like saying, well, uh, "Is it good to say that all guys are geeks?" That's that's the same postulation. But these these women yeah, are what, particularly. What it's, saying, what it's saying is that all beautiful women are stupid, and yeah. all ugly guys no, 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 can no, fix your computer. No, they're, they're especially selected for their looks and intellect level um but uh I, but i th- i think that particularly that show uh, has has shown a lot more fondness both here and overseas uh for its participants than uh making people eat rats on desert islands or hey whatever. no they yeah. voluntarily ate that rat and it wasn't a lovely risotto yeah which... but they, the production didn't buy it so <laughs> they also had to uh, make the risotto with rat stock and it was by a very good chef. 
<laughs> it was very difficult, very difficult. It, it took them three days to boil up that rat stock. Really? Yeah. It takes ages to make stock. A good rat stock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I just bought one from the supermarket, it would have been cheaper. But it wouldn't have been as good. Wouldn't have tasted as good. <laughs> a little tetra pack. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. it was, and the cubes, of course. Rat stock cubes, you can, you can get them. If you ring really cheap. Rockso cubes. <laughs> Rexo, Ratso cubes. <laughs> Very, Ratso, I'm Rizzo just, cubes. Make it stop. I'm just workshopping this. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, barely the box cutter's news. Hey, what's happening, man? This is Bud Simpson. <laughs> just kidding. Don't hang up. I'm now auditing on new OT7. Box cutters. See you there, man. <laughs> I love that episode where we had Bart Simpson coming in. <laughs> Kevin told us all about Scientology. Just, just, Man, just that's what they, that's all they they can talk about. Can that's, I just ask though, being reminded, because it never really occurred to me at the time, how was that robocall supposed to work? Like, was I meant to pick up my phone, hear that, and go? Well, if Bart Simpson wants me to become a Scientologist, I guess it's a good idea. No, I, I think it was only two other Scientologists, and if I remember correctly, it was. Uh, advertising some big Scientology party. O- only was, to other Scientologists. I would guess so. Why would non sign they, they are very Thursday, secretive. Thursday, Thursday, <laughs> Monster religion! <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that, that makes slightly more Thetan's not welcome! <laughs> I don't... Yeah, this is weird thinking, why would Bart Simpson in particular make me affect my religious views one way or the other? Well, he made you buy that T-shirt. Bart Simpson makes me reflect my... No, no, what? What, what t-shirt? <laughs> that don't have a cowman t-shirt that you wear all the time. Uh, because I'm a Buddhist. D- yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, speaking of ACMA, which we were just a moment ago before the news. Uh, no, during the news. If that passes for news, it was horrible. This whole episode. Should we explain what we've done with the news? No. Okay. I'm just saying, this whole episode, <laughs> hello, handbasket, already. Uh, Regular listeners, we know we've changed it, okay? Just go with it. No one's mentioned it. They haven't even noticed, Brad. They don't notice anything. That's, that's really how much so many people really disliked half an hour of news at the start of the podcast. That what? Who's told you that? That, that everybody's been really quiet about it. Right. Don't mention it. Maybe but they'll go back. They're waiting for the second shoe to drop. It has been a year of ACMA, hasn't it? It's been a year of... It's like the, the official UN year of ACMA. It's, it's, it's been a year of ACMA announcing stuff nine, ten, eighteen months after it's happened and, uh, and saying, we're all past that. It's, it's really... It's been a year of ineffectual uh, even pretending to regulate television in Australia. I think. I think Ackman's big thing was sending Channel 9 to its room and making it think long and hard about what it had done. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been a great year for Channel 9 either. Uh, it, I think it hasn't been a great year for television as a whole. I, I think... I, hopefully we're going to have Tom Elliott in the show later on today to tell us more about how television is dead. <laughs> uh, Tom, voice of doom, Elias. But I, I, I think as far as uh, the, the television that you uh, look at on your TV that is uh, th- that is beamed to you from a tower somewhere into your house. I, th- I think it's been a bad year for that, generally. The shows have been okay, some of them. Uh, some of the shows from the US have, have been okay. As a whole, though, in Australia, uh, with, uh, with the way 
SBS has behaved, the way Channel 9 has uh, behaved, the way uh, all, the, all the networks have just Now, what are you talking about there? What have SBS done? Uh, SBS. Well, this is just joining us. Right. Well, uh, SBS with their complete uh, uh, lack of acknowledgement of having any kind of uh, special broadcasting uh, foreign language charter mm-hmm. ever, and uh, and increasing the number of ads, and uh, which may have been last year. To be fair, though, they, they are spending a lot of time trying out a lot of shows for Channel Nine. So they, yes. they, yeah, they, they do need to put a lot of effort into that. Yep. Uh, and uh, and requesting uh, requesting more funding than uh, than so they, they can put on more so ads. they can put on more ads. Yep. Uh, so that that kind of behaviour. Channel Nine with its uh, all two and a half man all the time, uh, unless we're showing the Today Show. Uh, that that is just a, a little bit, uh, let's say, distasteful. Was it just this year that uh, Carl Stefanovic was uh, tired and emotional on that uh, episode of uh, Today, just after the Logies? I, I believe it was, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, that yeah, his, his star's risen uh, over over this year. Uh, we've well, se- all, we've the, seen all the Stefanovics, pretty- all the Stefanovics have done wonders at Channel Nine this year. I think uh, I think it's been Stefanovic. Uh, I think that was how he really kind of broke through because you know it was, it was a real kind of YouTube moment. Everybody was posting it up and, and laughing at the drunk guy uh, doing the breakfast show. But I think that that was as accidental as it may have been. Um, probably just breaking through that robot uh, reputation that he had, and yeah. so so showing people that uh, he was actually human. And then uh, he got uh, put onto that Sunday night, uh, pay it forward or whatever it was. And he's ripping hats off farmers so that we can actually get a close up with the camera of them crying. Screw you! <laughs> like it's really detestable that that sort of stuff. The uh, the the ten years younger in ten days. Similarly, that was I thought that was Channel it's, Seven. It's all about. But I'm just talking about revolting ah. TV. Um, it's all about making ugly people cry. It, it's it's been there's been a lot of revolting TV. There's been a lot of making ugly people cry. <laughs> yeah, making ugly people. That, that, you know that's alarming because you said that, and I thought that sort of sums up an awful lot of, of well, what Australian commercial television now is not making ugly people yeah, cry. Yeah. Border security making ugly people cry. Uh, uh, Finally, family people. one. The yeah. the find my family yeah. thing where they, obviously they were hoping to get you know people with more teeth than they could actually get because uh, yeah lack of teeth yep. find my teeth I think that show was really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, that had a lot of making ugly people cry. Yep. Uh, uh, what else? It's basically, you pick it and name it. Mm. It's 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 been about making ugly people cry. Uh, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think that's the show. That's been uh, box cutters <laughs> special epinephrine. You know, following following the trail back, uh, Denton's got a lot to answer for on that. But also, you know, he he almost came up with the antidote for what he'd uh, kicked off as as that trend in Australian TV by uh, by having having uh, calm and sane interviews with uh, the remaining members of the families of uh, soldiers killed over in Afghanistan, for example, and not uh, going that okay. We're going to talk to the uh, the grieving widow just so that we can shoot her crying. Um, Are you talking about In Hungry Beast? In Hungry Beast, yes. Right. Right. Yeah, that was uh, was not great, but also he... he As disjointed as it may have been just before Fuck Pandas. Not uh, not happy with uh, not, not happy with just making people who come to this country cry as well. Andrew Denton did go overseas to seek out old people to make them cry, uh, which uh, you know is commitment. I have to say, it's commitment to a cause. 
Some of those people ugly, some of those people not so ugly, but he was on the ABC, so he had that prerogative. Uh, commercial television, though, getting back to the Today Show, it's also the year that uh, uh, that Richard Wilkins uh, killed Jeff Goldblum. He did. Which is another great Today Show moment. Uh, the, the Today Show, still a, a wonderful... Uh, a, a wonderful source of embarrassment for Channel 9. They're still pouring money into it. And they don't have much money. Uh, that's a, a, a brief look. And as much as they talk about it, they don't have many viewers on, on either Sunrise or Today. No, I don't. I've never understood that. Mm. I've, I've never understood that. Uh, that's a, a, a brief look at uh, at things that we can remember off the top of our heads oh, no, we, for the year. We, it's what? Just in the last week. Because uh, I'm clearly wrapping that up, right? I think the confirmation did come in that uh, Kim's not going to be continuing with 9am with David and Kim. Um, she's gone. Uh, we, no no word we, as to what's uh, replacing that. Were we, the name quite cumbersome. Were yeah. we waiting on confirmation? <laughs> because I thought that was just I'd, I'd done. Said, I'd I said had, maybe a month ago that I suspected that uh, she I wasn't had a rumor, be sticking around. Anymore. I had a rumor that it was uh, that it was uh, that the whole thing was gone, and uh, and I just went right. There's, there's television on at that time. I don't know. I've got a job. If Stevanovich had turned out to actually be a robot, that would have been more interesting. I'd be very, very interested in him having him being a robot and having a robot brother. Yeah, two robots. Yeah. Yeah. And a anyway. ghost. Anyway, maybe we should uh, speak to somebody that uh, spent well, some time with David and Kim. You're just, you're just ruining everything. You know, I, I really, I set stuff up, Brett. This has been a year of me <laughs> setting stuff up and you're just going over the top of it and then just changing your mind last minute. I was going to say John's prepared things on one side of a little bit of a piece of paper and, then, and uh, we could go with that. But, you know, now I see that uh, Wilbur Wilde yes. is here. Yes. Which so, is funny because I'd heard he was dead. No. I got no, told no, he was no, dead. No, no, no that's no, Richard no, Wilkins. Richard Wilkins is dead. I'd heard Wilbur Wilde and Richard Wilkins were having a, a, a knife fight in Brittany and, <laughs> and they were dead. So, yeah, there we go. I think, I, th- I think you're doing terrible things to Brittany's <laughs> reputation there. Hi, I'm really lucky to be the guest of these funny, gorgeous, sexy, hunky men. This is Jane Badler. You're listening to Boxcutters. Wilbur Wilde, happy 2009. Hey, happy mid to late December for you guys hey, too. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, we're considering an end. It's the end. The end of what? The end of the year is our last show. I thought you were going to start with this Mashiach stuff again. The end of everything. No, 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 no. No, that's the, the, the yeah. people on the corner who are his, shouting and bouncing people, on shoes. His people, the Mayans, they're just obsessed <laughs> with the idea. It's that 2000, well, 2012, <laughs> the Mayans, I think, isn't it? But that's Armageddon, which apparently we, uh, the, the US not paying their bills is going to bring on four, four horsemen. Uh, in uh, my... My mind. Two and a half men. Oh, uh, I agree. I agree with that. But I'm a. I'm a getting tired of. I'm a getting. <laughs> my Mayan grandmother, or as I Sorry. like to call her, Mama Maya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she used to tell me, the day that London has the Olympics, <laughs> is the day the world comes to an end. Yeah, the Mayans knew that. That was yeah. on their list. Things to do. Is that going to be as late as 21st of December? What? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the, the actual date that the, the Mayan calendar yeah, runs over. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how long... 21, it, 
2012. Do you know how long it takes for the world to be destroyed? Also, the Mayan calendar doesn't actually end. It just starts again. Oh, you don't end. You just start again. It's It's like a big Y2K Mayan thing. It's it's, it's an insane thing. The Mayans have already got plans for stuff after that, apparently, in their their things anyway. And uh, and considering how long the Mayan civilization lasted, I don't think we should take their their word that seriously anyway. (laughs) Oh, we were uh, talking before about the uh, the Millennium Bug plus GST uh, coming up. No, no, we weren't. What, when America defaults on its sovereign we debt? No, no, just at the end of we the We went, year. it can't be millennium plus GST because that's 100, Brett. I thought we actually, when you said we discussed it, I thought we also clarified it. Hey, Josh. Bad maths guy. That's just a figure of speech, though, plus GST. Yeah, thank you. Wild. That's right. Thank nice to meet here, by the way. Thanks. Thanks, box thanks, thanks for coming over. Fortunately, that's all the time we have. <laughs> Did you hear uh, David and Kim? Kim's not carrying on with that. Oh. Is David still carrying was, on? No, no, David's gone. David was gone a long David time ago. David was gone ago, a long but, time ago, that's right. now Kim's been pulled off. <laughs> so what's going to David, David left to go and do possessions on Channel 9. Repossessions. And has that gone well for him? That, I think, uh, well, because he went back in time to 1982 to, yeah, do, to it. do it. Yeah, and, uh, and then he did Sweet and Sour. And then his character oh, got killed off. Yeah. In possession. This is true, true about, uh, about David Ray. His character got killed off in possession. And then, uh, and then came back as a ghost that would appear in several episodes just yeah. before the show was cancelled. Well, like Elvis in Love the, Me Tender at the end of the end credits. Once ghosts, devil worshippers, and werewolves start appearing in your TV show, it heralds Armageddon chances, for that TV show. Chances. chances they had vampires who were running a casino. That's right. And how long did Chances <laughs> last did. after I love that? Chances. No, Chances are great. Chances, are, I think, one of the best shows we've made. Natalie McCurry, Jeremy Sim. And, mm. I, I, and I'm sure I've first, told... The I first... I've, it was excellent. I've told the story before, but I knew someone working on it, and they kept being told it was cancelled. So, like, oh, I'll just write eight weeks out to taste the end. They go, okay, uh, there are some vampires running a casino. <laughs> and they go, oh, we're not cancelling now. Keep the show going. Go, but but there's, there's vampires running a casino. <laughs> so, oh, keep, keep going. And by the end, one of the characters was pregnant with the Antichrist. <laughs> What? Great that show. Right? That's was true. Natalie McCurry pregnant with the Antichrist? I can't, I can't remember which one was pregnant with the Antichrist, but yeah, you because know, things oh, have changed man. by then. Well, see, it was uh, a great show. Yeah, well, I did a movie called Dead End Drive-In with Natalie McCurry. That's a great film. It is a really good film. I, I saw it. Brian Trenchard Smith. Brian Trenchard Smith. One of Australia's just got a most didn't it on DVD. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yep. Somebody gave me the DVD and they said, "Hey, look, you're in this." Curiously, gave I, me as, as a gift. And I, I was going to make a Brian Trenchard Smith joke before, and I didn't. It's a shame because it would have it would have seemed really. No, so, I, yeah. so you mentioned yeah you mentioned the thing about turkey slapping again. Oh, so uh, yeah, yeah. I was just uh, just scanning through this article and uh, and I saw the word turkey slap. Oh, that film by Brian Trenchard Smith. You see, because the film's actually called Turkey, Turkey Shoot. Shoot. So it's hilarious. And then... We, and then I would have said, I here. know Brian Trenchard Smith, and, and I also go, know oh, that... how weird, everything's all linked together. And he is really one <laughs> of Australia's, <laughs> if not Australia's most prolific director. He's just done a heap of stuff. He's overseas now. He Although, made Leprechaun 3, 4, and I believe 5. BTS. Titanic 2. And didn't he? Really? But see, why he's prolific is Brian, and I say this with the utmost respect, he's probably one of the few people who would have the audacity to do Titanic 2 after James Cameron. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great thing. <laughs> what's, what's this piece of shit script? Oh, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, so, 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 Wilbur, 2009. Yes. Uh, will forever be known as the year that Hey Hey It's Saturday came back from the dead uh, as a sort of corpse dragging itself out of the ground. John Richards, what are you doing? Leaving, leaving. I'm happy with that because because zombie movies are vogue. They are very vogue. Horrible pussy blood mark. (laughs) 
along yeah. the along the corridor. They they have announced twenty episodes for next year. Are you coming back? Have they announced that? They have. Yeah, they've. Yeah, they've yeah. Well, nobody's announced that to me, but I will be uh, reappearing oh, on Hey yeah. Hey. So actually, actually, you just, actually, you just, just turn uh, up to Studio Nine. Just <laughs> <laughs> I should clarify. Uh, Channel Nine haven't announced that. That's apparently how many Daryl wants. Uh, That's right. Oh, Channel Nine is saying oh. fifteen. Yes. Oh, I see. I yep. thought it was announced. Oh. How did you think it went? <laughs> well, Josh, I think last time I was here, we were just well, we were discussing the potential for Hay Hay's return. I think. Now, look, I wouldn't say it. But some people would have said you were slightly cynical about the prospects of its I, return I believe, to TV. I believe would, I said it. Did you say that? Uh, yes. Well, see, see, I don't yes. see that in you normally. Right. <laughs> I, I believe I said that I was quite cynical about it, and uh, and uh, and and that uh, you know it it might be great a one-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you I give thought, it that much credence? Did you? Did you have that disclaimer think, in there? I think he did say as a one-off, it might be uh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's you know, as a, mm. as a revisit. For, for example, I am yep. loving Channel Nine's uh, best of uh, Paul Hogan show. Yes, uh, you know, is that back on? Oh, it's it's been on twice. They've done they've done two That's versions one of episode it. that they had. The on thing is, this is like the ninth time they've done a best of the Paul Hogan show because he didn't do that many shows. Uh, but there know, are. It was like it went forever. That's why that that inspired my good evening viewers. There, there are no, there are more compilations of the Paul Hogan show than there are <laughs> wherever episodes. Rolling yeah. Stone live albums. That's right. Rolling Stones have like twenty nine, eighty something like that. Yes, live but, when, albums. but also there there are the bootleg live compilation Paul Hogan shows too. That's true. <laughs> We should say that, but hey, hey, it did, it did, of course, acquit itself in a classy and a stylish manner and showing what a contemporary program it's become and, and understanding how social media has changed We used some modern technology. Years. We twitted people and we <laughs> crossed Facebook. Live. Facebook was the, the entire... Facebook, yes. Brand new boot polish. And, uh, and the... Uh, <laughs> And the supers, the supers you guys were, are just so hung up on were in the most the most up to date of Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit disappointed at that. Who was doing the audio? That nobody ever spoke about. So where's Murray? Because whoever it was wasn't really getting it. That you don't just keep on pressing the button on the right on Daryl and Ozzy thing whenever somebody talks about Marsha. Um, that was her. We actually paid homage to Marsha by because you had a, a current. We had we had her a, a little cameo, mm. just bringing back. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting when you um, try to sort of inject or acknowledge some of the components of the show from back then, including the. Uh, and this is not a defence by any by any reason. Uh, the blackface segment. Those guys, 20 years ago, they came back and stuff like that. I did watch The Daily Show where John Stewart... Uh, did you oh, guys you make The Daily Show? Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where he crossed to his African-American correspondent mm-hmm. and he said, uh, is there any possible... Uh, I, I believe that's that's uh, their senior black correspondent. <laughs> yeah. It's The Daily Show's senior black correspondent. Wilroy, is it Ken Wilroy? Sorry. Anyway, uh, he said, anyway. Older guy. Older guy. Yeah. He said, is there any time at all that it's okay to do blackface? And he went, no. <laughs> and John Stewart said, okay, I was hoping for a slightly longer answer <laughs> than that. And he went, no. <laughs> <laughs> and look, um, I must confess, it kind of slipped past me on the night. 
Uh, we had significant other concerns about, you know, what we were doing on the show. It was, uh, you know, a 30-second bit. That no producer, you know, had I think it slipped past that. It was an, it certainly, I believe, this is me speaking, uh, I don't necessarily represent all of the views of Summers Carroll and GW9, but the email that I sent the morning after that, as I saw this thing gathering steam in the press, was one of esprit de corps, and I said, we made an error of judgment leading up to two wonderful shows. I think three point nine six million for the first one, Josh, and that was the one off. And for the Josh. two off, four point two. Once you add in the regionals, but I said we made an no error one of judgment. The regionals, Wilbur. <laughs> no one counts. When it's four point two, you count them. You take them when you get them, baby. That's grand final territory. All right. Uh, and I thought it was really well handled. I hadn't watched it back by then. In fact, I still haven't watched it back. But when Harry and Daryl were discussing a particularly complex issue. For one of them, out of the blue, Daryl, he's not a spokesman for socio-political affairs. But I thought he handled it so well. And anybody watching that would not have learnt a little bit about grace under fire, generosity of spirit and genuine humility. And that's, for me, where it ended. It was dealt with, of course, I mean, the view... That's Bill O'Reilly had I it know. on. Daryl's apology, though, and I'm using air quotes, listeners. You air quotes, I right? am. I'm air okay. quoting at you, Wilbur. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I love you. I love you, Wilbur. Oh, no, but I will, I will air quote your direction. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the, the apology was very much kind of, oh, uh, if some people have somehow perceived this to be offensive, we're American sorry they friends. may have seen. It's blackface. It's unbelievably offensive. There's no way. You, yeah, and the it's, whole. But John, some people just, have I, perceived I, I, to I be. Think, can, the, I, can I say what the bigger thing about that was? Hey, hey, was what it was, and Daryl did his, did his apology. And as far as hey, hey went, that was it. What was really offensive for me was all everybody getting on Facebook and saying, Harry Connick Jr., fuck off and don't tell us how racist exactly. Harry was. Yeah, that's just it. That was, yeah. I, I thought Harry was a really is, unfortunate casualty. Yeah, that was odd. He, he, no? de- he definitely was. And this is, this is what gets me, not, not about hey, hey, because as you know, I was a big fan of hey, hey, it's Saturday. I was very glad to see... Uh, in, in fact, one of one of the highlights for my year is uh, is seeing Ozzy Ostrich back on screen. Having Ernie Carroll doing Ozzy Ostrich on screen was one of the happiest moments. Gave me shivers to 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 see that. Us it was too. It was it was absolutely wonderful. And and yeah, it was it was clear to th- that that he didn't have the same strength in his hands. That he used to have, that, that he didn't have the same strength in in, in his voice. You know that his lip syncing was the, just slightly off. The puppetry, <laughs> the puppetry, and the voice that he used for uh, for for Aussie, uh, that you know, that it was it was a little bit weak, but it it didn't matter because it was so it was so wonderful. So I I'm, I'm glad that all of that happened. Very sweet of you to say that too, because as we explained to the audience, the ostrich is real. The guy sitting next to him is stuffed. <laughs> the uh, the thing that uh, that bothered me is this this backlash with uh, against uh, against Harry Connick Jr. Oh, but look where, at- where I just went, yeah, four point two million viewers. But who are the viewers? Well, what you know? What are the viewers learning? We had um, quite a broad demographic. We always used to say, "Hey, hey," was for everyone from eight to eighty. 
or six to eighty six or whatever it was. And my well, children. Once, once you're in the nineties, though, not nah, well, not for you. <laughs> that's right. It's a little. It's a little risque. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit racy. A bit racy for the ninety years. They've but, done uh, it all, Wilbur. And then right. we're getting ready for bed at six thirty. Let's try. I have two six year old boys and one nine year old boy at home. They had never, believe you me, been subjected to an episode of Hey Hey, despite me having quite a few hundred on tape when I used to be bothered taping the thing on Saturday night. I've, and, 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 you know, they've been going to school and some of the parents, of course, especially when Howard first started going, some of the parents would come up and say, oh, you know, you do. And he came home and said, you know, two or three years ago, and he said, hey, Dad, are you famous? I said, well, you know, and you play it down. So, oh, no, we did a little bit of TV. And I said, no, there were these people up at school who remember. So, oh, well, they sort of, you know, I've been a musician, blah, blah, blah. And you sort of deflect it and say, hey, what's that? Hey, look, a dog with a fluffy tail over there, you know. <laughs> and um, uh, the, the thing about that was sight unseen with no, you know, I mean, they were on holiday, actually, for the first show. They were up in the Grampians. And they watched it up there and, of course, came home. Toby, one of the six-year-olds, walking around with pencils putting them up his nose and into his ear. Loved Amazing Jonathan. You know, and I say, hang on, that's an illusion, Dale. Hang on, I say, you have to do this. You don't actually put the pen right into your brain. You know, it's all like this. And, uh, of course, Pluck a Duck was a huge... So... For that sort of demo, they were fine. We hear stories, I mean, I don't want to sort of gild the lily here, but enough people have come up and said, oh, my 14, 15-year-old son watched it. And, and as we all know, boys are insane when they're 14. You know, they know everything. And he, he said he really enjoyed it. So the people are still there. The people who you ask about, they're just people who watch TV, who wanted to see or stuck with it too. I mean, the shows were hideously long. I can tell you, I was so exhausted at the at the end of them. Oh, you didn't have to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I did pay attention for most of it, but I must say, it's so much fun doing live TV. And I mean, with nine out of ten people in the studio, that you remember and you know, and there was the comfort level was fantastic. In just in GDV, you know, staging legend by the name of Max Morrison, who retired five years ago was in the studio when we got there for a, just a couple of run-throughs on uh, the Tuesday night before the first one. I said, Max, you've been retired for five years. He said, oh, just thought I'd come back and help. And Max was the guy who used to open the curtain for Don Lane. All right, so has a, 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 an exalted place. In the it's a connection firmament. back to, to Australian TV uh, uh, legendary. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, and he was a, a mechanist at the Prinny and Her Madge. And, they, and that's where all of the early guys, if you will, in TV, that's where they came from. They came from theatre and vaudeville. And Going so the Tivoli. And, the Tiv. And, and yeah. you know, Max was a ballet dancer. For heaven's sake, you know, and yet he's still there, and he can't. And it was just that I'm getting goosebumps recounting this to you because it was very, very special for us. And uh, you know, as a lot of people may have, or to coin a cliche, when we walked through those tabs at the first show, and the audience were standing, and we walked in Texas Ranger style and peeled off, took took the applause, and then peeled off to our respective stations. It was like we'd never been away. The uh, you've told us, uh, I think, off air, how MIA Animal, the uh, the one time drummer for the Hey Hey That's Band, right. was uh, he made an appearance. That's right. Where the hell did you find him? He's been back a little while from Southeast Asia, where he spent many years working as either a drummer or a bar girl. We're not sure. But he's been back. He's down in Geelong. He made contact with me oh, when okay. the uh, uh, show was announced. And he said, look, I'll throw my hat in the ring. And I, accordingly, threw his hat in the ring, uh, fired one across to Daryl and said, we know where he is. How about 
something, um, you know, leave it with you. And Daryl said, great idea. Let's get him to do a cameo on the, uh, you know, and he did his customary drum solo or not, which is his modus operandi. Yep. And um, it was great to have him there. I've got a terrific photo at home, actually, from back in the day. Uh, I joined in 1984 when the show went night time. The first thing that went through my head, because I was sort of hanging out with Des animal in those days was we must get this guy on tv and he did acquit himself very well for a person who was mute he certainly brought a lot of personality to the show for the four years he survived till the end of 87 but the first thing i wanted was des playing drums and um uh, the point of that is that it was great to see him back there and Mm. you know yeah and 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 this is uh this is the thing all of that was so was so great to see. Uh, could it have been all in one show? I think so. I think two was probably uh, was was probably too many. The network, again, won't, the network won't consider. Um, you know, they'll, they'll know that there's curiosity value there. Yep. That people will watch. I thought it was a real stroke of brightness. I won't say genius, but a stroke of brightness and understanding uh, and media savvy that Jackie. And Ernie, Aussie, decided to wait to see what the first show was about yep. and then make their decision on whether they'd uh, come and join us for the second. And uh, and also, uh, I believe, Chuck Lotto oh, made, Chuck made, made its appearance in the second... Uh... <laughs> now, I've, I've <laughs> I must put down my APRA for that because... Mm. I wrote the Chuck Lotto theme. I, I used to, I used to love. It is. I loved. I loved the Chuck Lotto theme. And one of my uh, one of my biggest problems with the. <laughs> so I was thinking about your Apple royalty check coming That's in. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, look at my twenty-seven cents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, because I missed it, and uh, and and as we've discussed before, I really loved Chuck Lotto a, a lot more than. It was uh, than Duck. Yeah, We had some. Did you change? Things. Did you change the lyrics for it? Uh, f- no, Saturday night chook. Oh no, Wednesday night chook lotto right. night. Yeah, a barrel full of chooks is going to be all right, you know. Yeah, and there was, yeah, yeah. And then the fe- and and it was funny because there was a little bit of a mix up. One chook lotto that we'd done that uh, Daryl McKenzie, our musical director, heard and lifted the theme from was sort of like this Latin thing. But we used to swing it usually. Saturday night chook lotto yeah. night. We got a barrel full of chooks. It's going to be all right. Yeah, and just go it into was, this sort of like open all, all swing and blues sort of thing. It was like yeah. you know. But um, but anyway, I think you know for what it was. Um, and, and its uh, position in the show and, you know, perspective. I can't tell you how much fun it was to do that. And, I mean, I've had fun at live gigs before and I had fun yesterday at a jazz gig. But that just the... I, I, you're so on. There's so many things going on. And I work best, I think... But I'm just slightly underprepared. Was it actually live? Oh, live, live? Oh, live, 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 really? live, live, Oh, yeah. Well, they had... They straight had... out, straight. No seven-second delay with TV. Really? You just do it live, and that's okay. how we wanted to do it. And they had the cross to the Farnsey concert in the uh, the first episode where they had horrible satellite lag. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it wouldn't be, hey, hey, it's Saturday without a cross to a Farnsey concert. Well, <laughs> uh, well you know... Well, I was, I was uh, having a chat with Chong Lim on a Friday night and, and uh, asked him if he had uh, the 10 shows, because uh, I, I assume that Farnsey's going to be down for every other episode next year of... Uh, of <laughs> Well, we'll see. Farnham has uh, great instincts on that show and was, of course, mixed up in uh, one of the classic moments of Hey Hey when uh, director Russell Mulcahy, uh, the director of Razorback, Mm. uh, and 
uh, Farnsey, and I'm just trying to think who else was on the panel uh, that night, but um, we'd uh, taken a two-hour break to go to, um, you know, what did we do? We did like uh, 7, we did 9.30 till 10 and then took an hour's break to go to an Elton John concert, which the network wanted to do. Then we came back after that. And that was where the uh, uh, hilarious um, pigs taking my baby stuff came from. And I can see you're just glazing over, so I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, because no recollection. No, that's fine. It was about yeah, cross. it was a razorback oh, sort of thing. Pig the pig. Baby. And Blackman was just and and everybody I think might have had one or two beers during the Elton John concert right. as you as you must during an Elton John. I suspect John razorback mm. jokes haven't haven't aged as well. As <laughs> yeah, <one laughs> yeah, yeah, remember? <laughs> you know, it's only twenty five years ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will, but we're uh, we're, we're going to take a very very short break. In fact, the listeners aren't even going to be aware of how short it is because it's just going to be, uh, you know, m- what, maybe eight seconds? Hi, this is television Scott Brennan. Apparently there's no N in box cutter. This is the box cutters. And we'll come back and uh, talk to Wilbur about uh, what you he have, has liked. You, you, already in have, the, you already have come back. What? You're back already. No, but I said uh, it's going to be like about eight seconds yeah. and then we'll come back and no, talk to Wilbur. Back. Now? Yeah, you're already back. Have we returned? Yeah. Right. You didn't go. You're still I'd here. Still here. Yeah. This is like has the Mayan the, calendar thing again, isn't the, it? If we eight, just started again. You know, has the eight seconds happened? Again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, so that's, that's happened. That's actually 2012, I, and I, we are into the next cycle of the, the Mayan right. special... So, so I must say that, uh, that, that Jackie McDonald and John Richards getting it up like that during that during that break that was hilarious that was, you guys should be in the studio the, uh, I, I wish you'd been here with us to see that it oh, was amazing just, did Jackie really wait to see the first episode at home did you say that before she has children uh, Lucy is at university now Tom is 14 mm-hmm. apropos the kids go insane when they're 14 and she said um, and little Emsie um, and she was concerned as to what they would think of her going back on TV and, you know, and, and, and she's a woman who's slipped comfortably into middle age and she was concerned about her appearance and what am I going to wear? And I said, when I spoke to her on the phone, and, and Daryl was calling her every second day, I think, saying, come on, come on, come do it. So Jackie was sitting at home with the kids on the Saturday watching the watching first the show. one. Watch, watch the first See, show. I have, I have so much respect for that. I think that's amazing to have that control going, no, I'm going to watch it. I don't, know, I don't know if they were using special lenses, but she was looking great. She's looked fantastic. On, on screen. Uh, no special I, lenses. What, <laughs> HD what, live. I did watch... He's uh, such a romantic as properly. I did, uh, <laughs> I did catch the current affairs segment with Martin King, who I, I find uh, painful to watch, uh, talking to Jackie. And, he got and, Jackie eventually. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Because as Jackie and I left makeup together, we were just chatting, and Martin came around the corner with the crew in tow. Mm-hmm. And there's two sort of uh, swinging doors, if you will, that lead out into the props bay. Jackie ducked for cover, and I just stepped into the way saying, uh, Sorry, fellas, members not tonight. I don't know whether they used any of that. It's like, no, mate, no, you're not dressed accordingly. Um, but uh, look, uh, try next Thursday, fellas. Um, that's uh, that's ladies' night too. Didn't see that yeah. bit, but I did see a similar bit from Red. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, yes, yeah. but uh, well, stealing, from, uh, stealing uh, your stick. Excuse me, amateurs imitate professional steel. But ACA's uh, <laughs> cameras and uh, the lack of studio lighting, I think. Uh, brought out a bit more of Jackie's age. Well, she's hilarious. I, I called mm. her 
to you know say how are you feeling and will you come down and stuff you know are you planning on coming down and of course you're 30 seconds into a conversation with Jackie just laughing about anything and uh, we spoke about the kids and all that and I said oh they won't mind come on it's just a bit of fun and all reports were this great and actually that was one of those annoying audio cues uh, that whoever was was pushing the buttons like, dun, 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 dun. kept on they were sort of hammering it, it. Yeah. they were hammering it yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm also really glad I'm not Cropley's girlfriend because he'd go hey I don't know the special lenses but you're looking good today <laughs> uh, Although in that corridor it was a bit more obvious. But no, anyway. but Wilbur, Wilbur, you're, <laughs> as, as well as being on television, yes. you're also a big fan of television. I am. It meant has, a great deal to me growing up. Has anything rocked your world this year? Oh, look, Boston Legal has just been spectacular. You know that's finished. I do. and but Especially the ending. Yeah. But was, still, was, there's little yeah, fixes. Yeah. It was a, it was a perfect uh, finale to oh. that beautiful relationship between Alan Shore and Danny Crane. Yeah. And, of course, I still get my fixes of uh, William Shatner. Um, as on The Tonight Show recently, he recited some lines from Sarah Palin's autobiography ah. in true Denny Crane forward slash William Shatner style. And then, of course, was caught off guard as he'd just finished uh, one page where he said, and then I saw the moose. <laughs> <laughs> and he folded the book up. You know, it was just beautifully. You've got to, you've got to YouTube it. And then, of course, I'm spoiling the surprise a little bit now, but Sarah Palin comes out and she reads from William Shatner's autobiography. Oh, <laughs> so it was, it was, it was actually kind, kind of cool, you know. But uh, uh, what else? Uh, I've enjoyed Dexter immensely. Yeah. Uh, I think he's great. Um, oh. You didn't uh, cop one of those cease and desist uh, little emails from your ISP, did you? Uh, not yet. Uh, watch out for the Easy TV Series 4, Episode 6. Okay. Yeah, don't touch Easy it. Easy TV? Yes, yeah, it was oh. one of theirs. All right. Um, what else? Uh, you know, look, I get criticised by my son for this, but Burn Notice, I really enjoy. I dig Burn Notice. I, I hear good yep. things about Burn Notice, yep. but I've, I've, never, I've never actually been able to find it in the schedule to get it. It's lots of fun. It's, it's sassy. Uh, it, it looks good. Uh, Monday nights generally on Nicely written. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, good relationships. Sharon Glass yep. is in there as as the chain smoking mother. It's it's one of those it's one of those shows that every time I see a promo for it, or I'm I'm flicking channels, and it's clearly you know halfway through or, or three quarters of the way through, and I go, oh, that's a show. Like I, I just I just keep forgetting about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, it's really well. Look, I, I I think it's worth a look. I mean, there is a lot out there worth looking at too. Uh, Cropley hipped me to Breaking Bad. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd you'd be a, a Big one for that. I well, can see. I can see that's right up your alley. Mm. And the episode, the roller skate dancing episode from Malcolm in the yeah. Middle with Brian Cranston, looms large for me because you think it's sort of like when I saw Jason Alexander sing the Impossible Dream on Letterman. You sort of go, these guys are really good. They're really skilled performers. And Brian Cranston's just a mighty actor. Have you, Brett, Brett have you hooked Wilbur up with uh, Eastbound and Down? Because I think that's something else that, uh, that, that he'd be keen on. I suspect I haven't. But, uh, yeah, yeah, similarly interesting. And um, that, that uh, kind of golden moment and uh, Jason Alexander singing takes me to... Who's, who's the chick that's been... The comic that's been doing... Uh, Jack, the Jackie McDonald. brand ads, uh, does lots of good news week. Oh, there was oh. one song that she did that that all oh, uh, brand. I'm just she accosts people in the the supermarket car park saying, "Have you have you had a good 
shit because you're, you're on the ill brain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, you probably yeah. doesn't use those yeah. exact words, no, I'm guessing, no, in the no, end. Okay, no, right. Yeah. Not on yeah. the telly. But, um, on, on good news, like, she, she, she actually had uh, a proper song, and, and I was stunned at her, her voice when she sings properly, but she also does. Ju- Julia Morris. Julia Morris. Oh, Julia Morris? Yes, yeah, the great oh. singer. Julia, now, when Julia returned from the United Kingdom after eight years over there, I was still mm. at Vega. She came in to do a voiceover, and look, uh, I say this, you know, I didn't sort of really dig what she did with Frank Holden on IMT. It was... Uh, Some it was of it poor, was... It, okay. It was... It, it, it was uh, I, I would say that's poor uh, production slash direction. That, and, and that's exactly right. I think, you know, and we don't need to name the producers. Um, now, producing right. Or work. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> the, but that was sort of a bit misguided, right? Short story long... Uh, she came in for a voiceover. I saw her walk into the voiceover studio and I said, when, you've, when you're done there, come in and we'll have a chat. And I was in a commercial break and I went out and just said, how are you going? What you blah, 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 blah. So two minutes later, she went straight live to air and she was really good. I'd do breakfast radio with Julia Morris standing on my head as soon as look at her and she was hilarious when, with David Hobson, they won It Takes Two. She was just yes. like and sustained it anyway. Um, Obviously, that's she sang my really shows well. How little of that show I watched. No, that's right. She sang yeah. really well with that, and she and she not sung before. Hobson coached her, and she, you know, I mean, she's um, really classy. My other TV highlight, and I've left it till last because it's Mad Men series three. You've. Uh, Stuck with it? You think it's uh, as strong as it has been previously? Oh, just bring it on. John Richards has said oh, Bring it on. Series, oh, series, three, just, Draper. series oh. 3 disappointed me. Don oh, Draper, oh, come over to my house. Just, 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 just rub series up one and, and down two. against me, Don oh. Draper. Oh, oh, I, I oh. love Series 1 and 2. Series 3, I thought, got a little bit lost in the whole... Don and Betty have affairs show, but I'm so excited by how it ended to see what series four is going to be. Sell me something, Don Draper. Sell me something. I don't care what he's selling. I'll take half a dozen. (laughs) Put me down for six. Have you seen the latest uh, 30 Rock? With the high def screen in the studio, and they go buy it. Yes, 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 yes. Hilarious. Yeah. Alec Baldwin is Don Draper, isn't he? I don't in, know. In it's a two second gag, but it's a great gag. Yes. Uh, Alec Baldwin and William Shatner are just, you know, two characters that we can, well, I can, you're all kids, that I can aspire to being in later life. I think Alec Baldwin is great for everyone now. When you're older, you could be him. You, that, just, just imagine you can be him. Yeah, yeah. That no, would be. Yeah, that's the ultimate goal. But Mad Men, I'm. Uh, look, I'm. Look, I just haven't really. Oh, oh what series three? Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was exquisite. Bathe in it, television. Just let it wash over you, and it. You know, I, I'll watch episode after episode, and you know, as I felt when Boston Legal eventually went off air. There's something missing. What's going to replace it? For me, it was Mad Men. Good to know. Wilbur Wilde, thank you so much for joining us on our last Box Cutters ever for 2009. <laughs> you, you did know, you, that you, joke you, like you, a month ago, Yeah, Josh. and you need to leave a longer pause if you want to make it really Oh, uh, sorry. Well, sometimes you can't leave a pause. You can't leave a pause. No, but, but you know what I can do, Wilbur? What's that? I can leave the studio. Hi, this is Jim Shembury from The Age newspaper. <laughs> Just telling you all to listen to Box Cutters if it's the last thing you do. Josh, Brett and John are the most informed, entertaining, funniest guys you'll ever hear over a pod. I still don't know what podcasting is, but apparently if you go onto the ARPANET, you can, you can get it. 
the app. Oh, the internet. I'm sorry. That was the old word for it. Yes. Box cutters. Listen up. It's great. The John Richards. Yeah. You prepared a list, uh, I, even though it's not a list show. No, well, it's more scrolled notes on, uh, on one side of an A5 size piece of paper. Right. Yeah. It's actually an A4. Paper. Well, I think that's the paper. shittest Fold, segment we have ever done. Fold it in half. That's why it's it's A five. So yeah. If I fold it like that, A six. Right. So uh, suddenly this is just A nine. <laughs> curiosity show and uh, <laughs> bet you can't. Uh, I'm not bringing my two hundred dollar gold coins. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, flashy Wilbur Wild. <laughs> Tell us what you scrolled. What I scrolled, because I went through going, oh, I better have a look to see what I actually did like during the year, because most of just come on the show and you know, spew bile. Um, and I realized that the, the biggest thing for me for the year, you said at the beginning of the show, Josh, it would just be a list of science fiction and comedy. That's what I've brought in. Nice. Um, yeah, it's actually, but the, the biggest thing for me, the most exciting thing that happened in 2009, in a, in a you know, pure television-making way type way, was the rise in the UK, or well, right, the the... The resurgence, one might say, of low-budget, ideas-based sort of science fiction slash fantasy genre television. Tele-fantasy, we may call it. Have you got a list of those? Uh, yes, I've got the three of them written down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Dead Set, Being yep. Human, and Misfits were the three that kind of came to mind. Um, De- all Dead Set, human. Dead Set, I think, far and away the best British show for years. So, Dead Set and Misfits both made, I think, for E4 originally. Being Human made for BBC and Three. And looking quite similar. Being Human was was a lot less kind of MTV generation in it. was more around just the story. Oh, but yeah, Being Human actually is, is the best of the three of them. But, it, but for me... No, it's, it's, you're wrong, um, but it's it, Dead Set. It was, and Dead Set was brilliant. But what I liked about all three of those is that they, they took science fiction and they used it to tell stories about... Ideas. It was yeah. You know, it was about people. It was about metaphorical things. All the things that science fiction was really good at doing for for decades until we kind of got caught up with the whole flashy effects kind of stuff from the eighties onwards. And everything's sort of just been about effects until quite recently. We've seen the rise. I think with things like the Brian Singer's X Men movies and stuff yeah. like that. The, the attempt to well, Transformers Two was definitely yeah. They, they just stopped using the computers and got real uh, real robots. So they could make those comments <laughs> about the war in Iraq. Hmm. Yeah, but um, and it was just, uh, and also I found because you know New Doctor Who I think is 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 very shining. Pretty... Optimus Prime <laughs> says I'm against it. <laughs> yeah. But a bit yeah. But I have found a lot of the new uh, the, the Doctor Who has set off a whole bunch of other stuff in the UK like Merlin and demons and all these other quite terrible, terrible good, yes. shows. And they all, you know, they all look very pretty, but they're really bad. Whereas Dead Set being human and misfits, cheap. And that was the other exciting thing. Cheap. Because when you're cheap, you get to actually do more stuff. Well, when you're cheap, you get to do more stuff. Uh, you also get to be a lot more innovative and uh, imaginative with yeah. what you can do. And all three of those shows, massively dedicated audiences. You know, people loved these programs. They really took them to heart. They really um, you know, are following to see what's, what's going on. Uh, Being Human and Misfits both have second seasons coming because of the of the, the acclaim that the first one's got. So I thought that was great to see the UK UK doing that this year, and hopefully that might inspire other countries like Australia to have a go at actually doing some stuff that's not set in a hospital or a police station. Hey, and what about if it was <coughs> zombies in a hospital? Actually, that'd be right. Yeah, yeah. but it's zombie also, hospital. It's also a much different form factor ba, because ba, ba, ba. because in the UK they're used to the six episode. Uh, series, but that just you, isn't, you know isn't what? the we format are, that we're that's used our, to. That's our comedy standard now. We like are used to it doing here it on because ABC we've had it on ABC while, for ages. commercial, like, look, look at where All Saints and Mount Thomas and, and like, the the ongoing Australian 
content oh, yeah, but, 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 doesn't but, work but, that but way. But if ABC or SBS was willing to try and make some of these, you know, Channel 4 Which is where it would be. And there's, E4 you know, there stuff. is ABC too. They do have a lot more space to fill now. So, yeah, one of them would have a go. Because, again, with these things, you know, international appeal on all those shows. And, and yeah, audiences just really, really loved them. So it wasn't just kind of like, uh, put the thing on about the family in the house because that's all right to watch. This was an audience dedicated to these shows, really trying to find them and searching them out and very excited about the new seasons coming. Um, the other thing this year was more just the continuation of, of, of comedies. US comedy is still very good. Uh, and I put Our new fall season has been dominated, like truly dominated by comedies. And, mm-hmm. and they've been good comedies. Uh, but that's something that we haven't seen for a long time. Well, well, yeah, so what have you got in your oh, scroll I just put, there? Uh, Better Off Ted. Um, community, because all these... Which has just started its second season. Very intelligent comedies, was that thing too? <sighs> Better Off Ted, Community, uh, Party Down, all very very smart, very intelligent, uh, and assuming the audience is smart. Well, and you know, Party too. Down, again, cheap, 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 cheap. Yeah, yeah. And I was put Fly the Concord, season two, I know it wasn't as good as season one, but it was still good, and it was still lovely to see, and they, they finished it off in a really, you know, a really good way. Uh I, I would I would add to that, and I know you didn't like it, but mm-hmm. I thought Eastbound and Down was a, a fantastic bit of comedy uh, that uh, that we, we don't get a chance to see from 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 the US very often. Which is that uh, you, you know I, all those things that you mentioned, all those free to air comedies are still fairly safe. I think Better Off Ted is probably the uh, the the most dangerous of mm-hmm. uh, uh, of that lot, but Community it's still fairly safe. Better off uh, Ted's dangerous because it's laughing at the way that corporate culture just doesn't care about uh, the well-being of humans. Or do you mean more sort of stylistically? As a, I, I think I think both. Mm-hmm. I think both in in its uh, in, in its content, like almost and, too true. Yeah, and 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 in its uh, in, in the way it deals with uh, race, in the way it deals with sexism, in the way it deals with all all of those things, mm-hmm. the way comedy used to. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a, a very Brave show in in those senses, and still really, really safe compared to something like Eastbound and Down, which is taking a lot of risks. Now, there was uh, an interesting thing I I read uh, in the last couple of days about Scrubs, which is now Scrubs interns uh, with the new generation coming up, and the second uh, season of Better Off Ted are being basically fast tracked in the states, so they're they're going to be all finished uh, showing their seasons respectively by January 20 I think it is which isn't looking good for uh, continuing on with them so is that what, the fast track of them to get rid of them yeah yeah like playing playing two episodes each week oh okay which yeah. is which is what they're doing with dollhouse at the moment uh, it's usually on, not a good sign which has yeah. been cancelled as well yeah. yeah that 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 has been cancelled and, and I have to say really good I'm still really enjoying dollhouse uh I think it's uh it's a shame. It's 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 not like the other science fiction that's uh, that's come out of the US. I say on on my uh, on my list of heavy disappointments for the year, the return of V was just terrible. Did you, either of you see that? I didn't. I didn't had a look, look at, at uh, an episode and a half, maybe, but I didn't get through the four that I've got. First first ep- first episode, I thought, oh, they can make this work. Second episode, no. Another I, I- huge disappointment. Flash forward. Oh, yeah, thought, so much buzz about Flash Forward. And really. a very stupid show. I got 20 minutes into the remake of The Prisoner and just gave up because I was just bored. I, I, I watched yeah. all of that first episode. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it's, Was that only meant to be six episodes? Yeah. 
Yeah. Car- Karen and Toby, correct. Pretty much, yeah, on the ball. And I just had some random notes here too. Um, Hung, I really enjoyed Hung. I thought that was just as a yeah, 30-minute drama with comedic elements. I wouldn't say it was comedy, but uh, Psychoville, except for the end of the last episode, which I S- really enjoyed up until that. Psychoville oh. was, was I'm, fantastic. I'm still waiting for that to uh, come to local screens because I, I so haven't been bothered after the episode four to, right. to yeah, find yeah. Yeah, uh, it wasn't It wasn't your cup of tea, six. I don't think. If, you, if you've got it, I'll have a look episode at it. Episode seven was yeah, quite disappointing. I'm, I'm quite happy to be brought back. I think um, that was also our, our biggest, you're wrong, <laughs> all the, fight that we had uh, that, that we had during Box Cutters. I've, I've written all the bits of Oh, no, Torchwood, I think we had a big one. Torchwood Children of Ben, uh, sorry, no, children, Torchwood City of Children, Torchwood Gold Kids. Children of Earth? Children of Earth, there we go. Children Thank you. Uh, Torchwood Children yeah. of Earth, all the bits without Torchwood in them. Yes. So basically all the Peter Kamaldi stuff, amazing. All the rest of it. And um, and Wallander and Leverage, which both started in 2008, the very, very end of 2008. But it was this Schnor. year that I saw them. Really liked both of those. What, what did you say? Schnor? What's Schnorr? Leverage so or which Wallander? Wallander. Really? I'm pretty sure that's what, so that was what I said when oh, no, we were when, talking about when it. You don't, when you don't like stuff that I like, I just block that out <laughs> and just just assume that you like everything. I also just that so I should just come in and uh, report I also just repeatedly <laughs> each week what I don't like. <laughs> well, Here's a list of things I haven't liked so far, Josh. Just, uh, <laughs> just bear know. those in mind. Also, that fact that Wallander and Leverage are probably two ends of a spectrum of, 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 of television <laughs> uh, making, which I That crack. just reminded me, Leverage was... The A-Team. Um, it was... Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's Turk 182. With, uh, uh, Christopher... What's his face from Falcon and the Snowman? Uh, is that that one? Yeah, but but uh, when you say Christopher, what you mean is Timothy Hutton. Tim- yeah. 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 I don't know why I said Christopher. I, neither do I. Well, Chris in fact, the other... In fact, the, the things the I don't know about Falcon how your brain works, <laughs> Crawley, could, could really... Could really fill a room. Also, 2009, the year I finally watched Chuck, which was very exciting for me. So, yeah, I can't believe it's uh, Chuck. It's, it, it's taking you that long. Mm. Uh, I, I want to say Supernatural has, uh, has has just continued to be excellent. I was a bit so of an episode the other night. So hard to believe that Supernatural could be good. I know you keep saying it, and I, I know I should. The bit I looked at know. was extremely silly. It was. Dean talking to his brother who was really the devil and saying you're just going to be back here in five months and they're killing each other and then they're so, being so hang brought on. back. You missed a, Mr. Rule I've, of I've Three. I've completely missed all of the storyline of this season of Mr. Supernatural. Mr. Rule of Three, you're, you're then just really judging it. You're judging like it, it from a bit. The bit I saw. The it, bit I saw. It, seems, it, it seemed to me like Buffy, but you're supposed to take it seriously a little bit. I think uh, I think it, like the, it started. The, it started. The true off. portal to hell is is they've gone through it, and and we're supposed to to. It started off. Uh, Supernatural started off as one of the greatest horrors I've seen on on television for for a long time. In a bad way. No, no, no good, good way. Oh, okay. Like, you haven't looked horror as as, as a genre. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. No, I have. Uh, the uh, and, and then it, it's kind of moved into this uh, this really interesting. Uh, Heaven versus hell, uh, but not in a religious way, and and the way they deal with, with, which I, I find just just incredible. But not in a religious way. Not not in a religious way. It's a. So it's, who owns hell then? Oh, it's still it's Halliburton. still it's still angels and and devils, but there's no like one true religion. It's not a Twilight style. Uh, you must be of this religion to enjoy this uh, this this story. Uh, I, I'm fine. I'm just. I'm loving it. I'm really excited by it. Every week, every week it comes on. I'm happy. When it's not on, I'm a little bit upset. I've really enjoyed Cougar Town. Yeah, Cougar Town's a bit like, like, like Cougar Town. Courtney just, Cox it's just could have been really adults. cheesy. 
Um, no, it's it's beyond like there's there's no JD with his little daydreams and and those kind of wacky little bits. But there's that's because it's for adults. It's it's Scrubs, but for adults. So Scrubs is for adults. No, yeah. no, Scrubs is for uh, for for, for well, young well, interns. Yeah. You know, it's still finding its feet. I've I've seen a few of the latest episodes. Uh, no, Scrubs has been going for ages. It must have found its feet by now. I've watched I've watched a few of but the, with uh, the new cast and. Yeah, I've watched a few of the new uh, of the new episodes of, of Scrubs, and I have to say, JD is just phoning that in. <laughs> he is uh, just dead behind the eyes, turning up, getting his paycheck, and uh, and and going back home. Give me it's a chest been, bump, but not too high because it'll hurt. It's been uh, it's been an interesting year. How long has JD been doing that show for now? Ninety-five this is the years. Which season? Ninth season. So they 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 kept on talking about uh, being having having come through as interns eight mm-hmm. years ago at the end of the eighth season. I just when everybody what... thought it was all going to be over and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, eight years. Um, and now he's he's one of the professors. I just wonder what those sort of TV shows. Yeah, what what does happen when you get to the ninth year? You know, like when you when you when you're doing the ninth. Well, it's very much a reboot, which is why the they've got the interns in square. Have brackets. you seen Have you seen that episode of The Simpsons where they just uh, cut away to a television show and so uh, ne- next up a man who's had the hiccups for eight years. <laughs> Kill me. Kill me. Yeah. That's what it's like doing a show for nine years. <laughs> Hi, this, this is Jane. I'm Andy Anderson. The fabulous Adam Richards. Television Scott Brennan. With the lovely men. They're very exciting. Funny. Britney Spears. Gorgeous. I love them. Soylent Green is Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. And it's pinnacle. Download the hell out of it. Oh, maybe that's not mine. And to tell us all about the year in news in 30 seconds or less... It's box cutter's own fourth box cutter, James Talia. Yeah, that's what they pay me for. Thirty seconds or less. <laughs> <laughs> now, J- James, before we before we get on to uh, your uh, your best and worst news stories of the year, and won't that be fun? Uh, <laughs> my one one of my television highlights uh, comes from you uh, a, a few weeks ago when uh, you were doing a report on uh, the new Lord Mayor of Melbourne and his uh, homeless. Uh, a homeless campaign to, uh, to to help the homeless, yeah. and uh, and you were doing a live cross from uh, from Melbourne Town Hall, where in your report you said that uh, you could not speak to the Lord Mayor several hours earlier. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Well, he was choosing not to speak that day about what I wanted to speak to him about, and so I just found another way of saying it. I guess it was—I have to say—it it, it amused me greatly. I, I could see—I uh, could see frustration on your face, and I could see uh, professionalism on your face as well. And uh, it, it was just a, a beautiful moment of this is what live news is all about. Oh, never frustration, but yes, that is what live news <laughs> is about. Yeah. Actually, James, are you not talking to the Lord Mayor right now? I'm 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 currently not talking to the Lord Mayor. Newsflash! <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! That's Quick! Right. Someone call the Australian. They'll yeah, love to first, jump on yeah, that. First. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Now, so, James, oh no! Go on, go on, go on. Brett. Brett has a question about uh, your employers, no doubt. There, there was just a breath there, James. Um, it, it was it was interesting watching uh, National Nine News uh, back when Tiger Woods had uh, just touched down in Melbourne and was out uh, playing his practice round, and uh, the amount of time dedicated to him, and then uh, Britney Spears and a couple of fans uh, waiting outside her hotel. Um, has there been any fallout uh, given given uh, Nine's interest in Tiger Woods uh, since the whole brouhaha blew up with him running into a fire hydrant? 
Well, what kind of fallout would you expect? He came to town. He's a superstar. We uh, gave him the superstar treatment. I think everyone was very interested in what he was doing while he was in Melbourne, and uh, he was playing his practice round, which is probably the most important thing he was doing on that day before he went and started playing the tournament the next day. And it's probably notable to say that uh, Channel 9 were covering the golf. Oh, yeah, but I think everyone gave him the treatment. I mean, he, it's not as though he was absent on other networks and news broadcasts, was it? I, no, I, but I it, was, it was a big slab of uh, that bulletin. I'm disappointed with all uh, all news broadcasting services with this whole Tiger Woods thing. Not once did they refer to him as the Elvis Presley of golf. The Elvis Presley of golf. Is that what he is now? Well, fat in a jumpsuit. Are people really that interested in Tiger Woods? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I know this is going yes, to... Yes, are they are. Seriously? Yes, they are. Does anyone really care? He's yes. a golfer. Yeah, they, they care. Yeah, well, I've got to tell you, John, I, I, I really don't care about golf at all. Mm-hmm. I don't play it. I don't like watching it. But th- that guy I find particularly enigmatic, and that interests me, because he's clearly, even to someone who doesn't know anything about golf, so far and away better than anyone else playing the game, and probably than most who have ever played the game, that I find it kind of interesting to see if he can get some insight into what makes him tick. It, it, in the same way that people would be interested in Michael Jordan or uh, or would be interested in you know, Chopin. Anyone who is Mike Tyson. <laughs> Chopin. I haven't heard any grabs from Chopin for a while, but yeah, I, I didn't see what you mean, yeah. It, anyone who is at that level of their field. Mm. Uh, it's, it's the same with Bill Gates. You know, anyone who is at that level in their field. Yeah, uh, they, they're, they're they going to be newsworthy. You're not quite sure what it is that makes them so good, apart from obviously starting out with incredible raw talent or, or raw skill. And um, and beyond that, it's, it's really difficult to to get a clear picture of what goes on with them. I think that's what makes them fascinating. So, so give it, when they fall and uh, fall so spectacularly as uh, Tiger Woods did, uh, it's, it's great to, to spend a lot of time in, investigating all that. You, you can, hang on, can I, can I pick Brett up on this, James? Do you, do you mind? You go right ahead. <laughs> Tiger Woods will fall when he loses 10 tournaments in a row. Well, that's until not, until that. That's not what the TV's that, been telling it us doesn't, in the last couple of weeks. It doesn't matter. He's still going to play golf, and he's still going to play golf well. As long as it doesn't affect his golf game, he is still going to be Tiger Woods, and he's still going to have that enigma around him. Josh, one well, of the I things think, was that there, uh, he's, he's given up golf indefinitely. There are a couple of things about that, and that's one of them, Brett, that uh, as an outcome to all of that, he has had to give up albeit temporarily perhaps, mm-hmm. the thing which has made him so famous and so enigmatic. But but even before that happened, I think the key to it was, hey, turns out he's human after all. And uh, that makes it fascinating. He could have been president if he, you know, didn't go there. No, but might it, still be, if he was from Arkansas, perhaps. <laughs> you know, and, and it teaches us a, an important lesson about humanity, which is if you have a child and you can force that child to do the same thing day in, day out, every single day while he's growing up, going to school, come home, make him do the same thing, just really force that talent into your child, and he too could be as good as Tiger Woods. Or could he? Well... That's they're, they're, that's the question, see? That's the gamble that parents take every day, James. Or as Michael the, Jackson. That's the enigma as well. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of it. What is it about him that, that makes him that good? So, so, Tiger Woods aside... Yeah. What were the most fascinating stories for you this year? Well, I guess if you, if you look at fascinating, you, you'd have to look at 
biggest and most significant. They're always the most fascinating, I think. Um, and obviously in Victoria, and probably for the rest of Australia as well, we really can't go past the bushfires in February. That's um, a story that's going to live with many people for a long time to come. And uh, it was horrible and difficult, and uh, obviously most of all for the people directly affected, but for also for the people who were indirectly defect, uh, affected and for so many people who were watching and listening and reading as well um, here and around the world. It's also, I don't want to sort of uh, go cultural cringe on such a terrible event, but I think it is, it's also fair to say it's not often we see a story happening in Australia which gains such prominence overseas, and that's a big part of it too. Well, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was a huge story, and and I think when we covered it at, at the time, when we covered the news coverage of it, uh, we were all quite impressed with, uh, with with the way journalists as a whole handled it. Uh, yeah, and it really did capture the nation. It was interesting to see that there was a report put out a few weeks ago by a research team at Melbourne University who had surveyed a number of journalists and looked into uh, the way uh, those people believed that the media as a whole had behaved on the road and also how they'd been affected in the, during and in the aftermath. And um, there were some really interesting findings about how those journalists, and they were anonymous, but we're assuming most of them were experienced, seasoned media operators found that most of their colleagues acted appropriately as far as they could see on the road and that's pretty pleasing to hear uh internationally any uh any massive stories i mean there was the death of michael jackson which uh which seemed to consume most people for about nine weeks and, yeah well that was certainly one of the biggest and uh, jeff goldblum at the same time James. that's right yeah exactly poor old jeff <laughs> glad to see he's uh back alive and kicking um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think it's debatable about whether or not Michael Jackson should have been as big a story as it was, but it was because, again, there's that element of enigma to it and the shock that comes when you hear about someone like that. The uh, shock and dying. for TMZ to be on it so quickly and, and everybody connected through Twitter and stuff. Yeah, well, that's a, it's a good indication of the age we're in now, isn't it? They, they had it. Um, they were right. We saw that again just today with the death of Brittany Murphy. Um, and that's another one of those things where obviously I'm famous on a far lesser scale, but um, still you kind of hear that news and go, oh, gee, that's terrible. What happened there? You know, the way that um, you really shouldn't, considering it's someone that most of us <laughs> don't know personally, but yet you still do. And we saw that on a massive scale with Michael Jackson. Do, do you think uh, 2009 was the year that Australians just stopped caring about politics in general? No, I don't think so at all. Um, I, I, I think, and it's not just in Australia, it's around the world, people tend to dip in and out of politics depending on where you're at in the political cycle. Obviously, things ramp up a lot more in an election year. Things are a lot more prominent when you've had a new government elected, especially after a long period of time uh, in opposition. Um, but no, I think I, I think people still have their pet issues, and obviously climate change is one of those at the moment, whether you agree it's occurring or not, and whether you agree with the proposed action um, or not. And uh, I, I think... There are always issues around that people feel very strongly about, even if it appears that most people are checked out of politics at any given time. James, from a from a perspective of reporting political news, do you, has it made it harder for you with uh, the increase in the number of PPPs where the governments are, are dealing with private companies and saying, oh, sorry, we can't give you any of this information because now it's in commercial confidentiality? And, and public-private partnerships yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, so, so yeah. government with, with 
uh, private corporations, um, and and so now they they just use that as a catch-all phrase to say we're not going to tell you any of the bad news. Oh, but that's been going on for years, Brett. I don't think that's a new phenomenon this year or this term of government. Well, no, or... but over the last decade, maybe. No, I think even before that, if you, if you, if in the Victorian context, if you look back at um, the construction of CityLink, which was proposed pretty early in the in the uh, life of the Kennett government, mm-hmm. Kennett was elected in '92. Um, all those things were happening then, through probably through Kennett's first term, and uh, it's something that. Uh, in a way we've had to get used to and we're still trying to find ways to battle against. The FOI can kind of help sometimes, but not always and certainly not sufficiently for most of us. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a factor. But uh, in the end, it's only one part of covering politics. I don't think it's overtaken the coverage of politics. What was uh, what was your favourite story to cover this year? What, what was the most uh, interesting, heartwarming, or fascinating for James Talia? Well, that's yeah, that's an interesting question. I think um, it's probably a fairly recent one. You, you struggle to go past the uh, separation of the conjoined twins. I know this sort of the the current cause celeb, maybe this point everyone is starting to get a bit sick of them but it really is an extraordinary medical feat to have made that happen and um, I think you're going to be hearing a lot more about them in the uh, days, weeks and years to come but but really an amazing thing to to see happening and uh, a happy ending for once how about that? That that, that sounds good to me. That's good they have dropped off my radar uh, in in recent days, but uh, there were a couple of instances of awkward uh, phrasing with uh, coming into a news bulletin and, and saying one of the the twins kind of kind of leaving a bit of a pause there and, and has started eating for herself, but like you're expecting, oh, she's died. <laughs> I, I can't take any responsibility for no, no. Uh, like anything this is like said. mind might impose on something that a reporter is saying on air, Brett. <laughs> This was on the ABC, but like the the drama with which they kind of delivered that was was peculiar. Last, okay. Lastly, James, because I'm, I'm going to move off that very quickly. Yeah, thank what you. do you think is going to be the biggest story of next year? This oh, is uh, this is box cutters <laughs> prediction time. What's going to be the biggest story? Of, it, it is uh, is is Barack Hussein Obama going to win the Nobel Peace Prize again? Is he going to be the first person to win it two years in a row? Go for a third. I think he's actually going to win it four years in a row. You heard it here first, but. Beyond that, of course, I can't begin to tell you what are going to be the biggest stories of next year, and that, of course, is what makes it so fascinating and so interesting. Oh, what a soft, soft (laughs) answer. You could have have gone... uh, Drug kits coming back to life. There's there's Winter Olympics, James. You could have have talked about, uh, you know, uh, the, the scandal that no snowboarders had used marijuana throughout the entire... Winter Olympics. You could have done anything but you wanted. But news brings us all together, doesn't those, it, really? It brings be, us uh, together. Those would be the Winter Olympics that you can see broadcast on the Nine Network live <laughs> and, you know, all of that. Yeah. Perfect beyond opportunity that, for guns, uh, Beyond that, I can only offer the advice that a cameraman friend of mine frequently offers, particularly to Chiefs of Staff, and that is I have two balls and they're not crystal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I actually think the biggest story of next year is going to be something that uh, John touched upon last week which also relates to Channel 9, and that is uh, Channel 9 will be showing the 2012 London Olympics yeah. in 2010. Yeah, Channel 9 announced that the 2012 Olympics are one of their highlights for next year. So we're, we're, we're looking forward to that. 
Well, we do have a kick-ass publicity department. <laughs> and, uh, I've, I've seen them do it. They can make amazing things happen that you wouldn't believe could possibly happen. And if they're saying they can do it, I believe them. Have you taken a ride in their time machine? Yeah, it rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's where all the Channel 9 money went. James Talia, thank you so much for joining us on our last uh, Box Cutters for the year. Uh, my pleasure, as always. Happy holidays to you guys and to all your listeners. Thank you, and, uh, and I hope next year is uh, filled with nothing but feel-good and interesting stories. Fingers crossed. We'll see, won't we? Yeah, hi, g'day. I'm Katrina Mathers, and I'm on the Box Cutters. How cool's that? And, uh, and and now to uh, to rock us out to the end of Box Cutters episode special epinephrine delta force. It's the end of your show, whatever. To completely take us out towards the end, Tom Elliott, Voice of Doom, welcome back to Box Cutters. Well, thank you very much, guys. But I mean, Voice of Doom and Delta Force. I mean, you're making me out to be like a sort of Chuck Norris, kill all that's in front of it you. Must be that you Delta you, Force is this show. We're, so uh, we've had Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta. But as you come in, you were saying, "Well, what am I to talk about?" And we said, "Just tell us our TV is dead again." And you went, "That's what I do every year." We went, yeah, it's like Santa. That's what you do. You come <laughs> every, in to tell us TV is dead. Every so, John, year, that's. We've also seen in the last, uh, well, I guess a bit more than the last 12 months, uh, the Freeview uh, conglomerates of the commercial and non-commercial networks getting together. Kim Dalton's uh, heading that up. And uh, so we've got the whole digital TV coming in. They're also talking about online content. Well, they are. But, I mean, Freeview is a funny thing, isn't it? Because Yes. Anybody who watches the, the, the second channels, as I call them, Says, well, okay, well, Channel Nine is just more of the same, and it's just it's just the other Channel Nine, and same with Ten, and same with Seven. And if for some reason they've formed sort of like a union of the second digital channels, the Ten, the Ten one's a sports one, though, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. So one, HD, one HD is fantastic. They're, they're having a go at trying to do something. It is, but the mere fact they call it Freeview, I mean, of course it's Freeview. It's free-to-air television. It's no more Freeview than what the main channels are. You know, and it still has, you know, it's going to have ads and everything else. I mean, it's just, look, it's a good way for the stations to try out new programs and um, try and expand their audience. But what they are still forgetting is that the pie isn't changing. That is the, the total number of eyeballs in front of screens. That's why you will not see large amounts of money spent within the networks on free on so-called Freeview TV shows. Because, it, because it, at the same time, you know, everybody can only watch the TV, you know, for a certain number of hours a day. But could you argue, though, on, on, on the eyeball pie metaphor, that, um, uh, in fact, it could be that they're trying to keep the same number of eyeballs, though, and not lose those eyeballs to watching DVDs or, or online, which everyone else seems to be doing? Possibly. I, I think it's more like... <clears throat> I mean, I think it gets me upset. I think it's more like <laughs> Doctor Strange Love, is which I, what, what I wanted to say. You know, mutually assured destruction. You have a second channel. We have to have a second channel. We cannot allow a mine shaft gap to appear or a second digital channel gap to appear. So our children are going to grow up with like twenty-eight channels on each side, enough channels to destroy everyone Look, twice there over. Will be, there will be little to do and plenty of time in which to do it while we're buried underground. Again, you have to watch Doctor Strange Love, but. The point is, what, what appears to be forgotten is that there's probably a set number of people who watch television for a set number of hours a day. I don't believe that putting on more TV shows and more TV channels changes the overall TV audience. Now, yes, if, ten, you know, if you all have an opportunity of a second channel and you say, will we devote the money to it or not, if one of them does it, the others have to do it. 
But does it increase the overall number of people watching TV? No, it doesn't. What I love about the uh, Doctor Strangelove uh, uh, analogy is that in Doctor Strangelove, Peter Sellers plays three different roles. And, uh, and we do have three players who are mm. playing the exact same role. I think uh, I think that's funny. It amused me in Kim, my Kim head. Kim Dalton's playing three roles. Ah, Kim Dalton. Thank you for bringing bring me up to yeah. Kim Dalton. Should Kim Dalton resign from one of his two jobs? Well, I mean, he's ABC. But he's, mm. he's the head of Freeview. I know, and that's why it's all wrong. So, because so, I, I, I said uh, a number of weeks ago on the show, after Kim Dalton gave a, a, a talk mm. on uh, in New Zealand about IPTV and how it's going to kill us all, uh, that oh, he needs to... Kill the re- Australian industry for, for making creative. He said we will all be dead. <laughs> uh, the, uh, that he needs to resign from one of these two jobs because there is a huge conflict of interest there. Well, my view is you don't need someone to represent the three second channels as a whole. I mean, it's unnecessary. I mean, they should just compete with each other as it is. I mean, this, this, this whole idea that we have three different channels, and there's somehow a separate but collective entity separate from the main channels, that will disappear in the next six to 12 months. They'll just become either where the up-and-coming shows, the experimental shows are shown, or where the sport that no one wants to watch is shown, or something like that. That's what it will be. That's what ESPN3 is for. What do you think about it, though? You think, if you were a fan of Battlestar Galactica and you got upset and you know, angry at the fact that it kept being shunted to strange times on strange nights, the freeview channels will become the new late-night 10.30 sort of slot. They'll say, right, we won't show it on the main channel anymore. We'll show this uh, good but you know, low-audience program on the free- so-called freeview channel, and it will just go up against the others too. I, I don't think it's necessary to have someone representing freeview as, as a collective whole. In, the, in that scenario, it also allows... Uh, a quality TV show to actually uh, generate an audience and 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 perhaps actually get numbers up to what they would then uh, put back onto their main channel. Um, I, I think that uh, also, perhaps one of the things, one of the reasons why Freeview has been set up is that uh, Foxtel are actually gaining some momentum. Mm. Uh, Steve Brax is is their their political lobbyist. Uh, he's very connected with uh, mm. everybody who's in power, and so uh, we've we've had uh, our presenters talking to us in ads on on the uh, main commercial channels saying Foxtel wants to steal your sports, and it's really important that you vote no. Um, but it, it does seem that Foxtel, they may be doctoring the figures, but it does seem that they're getting more subscribers. Well, they are, but I mean, look, Foxtel has a few big things going for it. It has movies on demand, but mainly it has sports and it has the news channels. Now, that's 85% of Foxtel. All the rest of it, you know, it really doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what you put on the other however many channels there are. News, sport, movies is what most people who watch Foxtel watch. So if you take out the movies, because the free-to-air channels could take them too, and that's just a, you know, they can, they can bid for those. It then comes down really to do the free-to-air channels want to devote the resources to having news 12 or 24 hours a day? And there's, there's some evidence that they do. I mean, Nine is putting on more news programs throughout the day than it used to have. It's experimenting with 4 and 4.30 news, and there was talk about having a, an hour-long news between 4 and 5 to complement the well, the 6 to 6.30 news. Mm-hmm. With sport, well, they can just go up against Foxtel and bid for sports anyway. And the problem that they have, again, is that because of the segmented audience, you know, Queensland and Victoria and Sydney wanting to watch different things, 
there's no event that they can bid for apart from, say, an Olympics, which everybody wants to watch. Whereas Foxtel is very good at selling sort of pay-per-view. You know, if you want this, you know, pay for it. Just you decide if you want it. And the free-to-air channels don't really have that as an option. So they have to say, okay, if we're going to show, you know, the Wallabies playing rugby union, do we show it in Melbourne or not? Probably not. We probably show it in New South Wales. We probably show it in Queensland. Do we show it in Perth? But once they do that, then they've got to displace all these other programs, whereas Foxtel has programming on demand, and that's its big, big advantage. And I would say to the internet-savvy generation, or indeed anybody who watches stuff on the ABC, we can go to iView on the ABC. Mm. I mean, I had to explain to my mother today because she had missed a program about the royal family of all things Mm. on the ABC. I didn't tape it. Because she's still using a VHS recorder. Oh, bless her. Bless your can mom. you do that thing with the computer? I said, no, that's illegal. But you can go to your computer and watch it. She was astonished. She's still got wax cylinders. Uh, do, they, do they count the iView numbers? Uh, just, this is actually an open they question, are, so I don't yes. know. Does yeah. someone, someone yeah. actually correlate? Yeah. Do we have any idea what kind of figures people... It doesn't people... get added to their... Nielsen, uh, to no, their... no, but I'm just curious if we know anything about Chicken how, with how well that rates my, my, my compared understand, to... My understanding is it's now between 12 and 15% of the viewing audience. Oh, so that's huge. That's yeah, it's, that's it's doing well. Yeah. It's doing well. I mean, look, there, there are plenty of programs, and there are advertising programs on the main channel saying, you know, this is on 999 or 102 or whatever it is that they're calling the, the, the various channels. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's starting to attract people because at the same time people are being told that analogue TV signals are going to be switched off, you've got to go digital, and that's a, that's a bit of a free kick to iView. Uh, sorry, to free view because, of course, if they haven't, if they haven't bought a digital TV or, or a set-top box, they go and buy one, or, or you know, it's all programmed in already. So oh, yeah. And the advertising for Freeview has really muddied the waters about what the hell is Freeview? We yeah. didn't know, and like, we're, we're reading up everything about it. It is just digital TV, but uh, uh, on, on specific boxes where it doesn't allow ad skipping, and it's that's a, pretty much it. It's, it's a lobby group. Essentially, Freeview is uh, is the, the way I see it. It's it's a lobby group. They have managed to uh, get things pushed forward, and I, I might be uh, tarring them with the with the wrong brush here. But uh, but my understanding is I, I can't see anyone other than Freeview who would have petitioned the government to uh, to ensure that the second channels, as you call them, Tom, would not have to uh, comply with Australian drama regulations? Mm. Well, the, the answer is they probably will eventually. I, I think what will happen is, is that, you see, the free-to-air channels have sort of shot themselves in the foot by allowing Freeview, because Freeview is an admission that you could have lots and lots and lots of channels, and the cost of programming per channel goes down because the resources that you need to actually transmit it and everything, that's all been invested in. And so if you could get away from the Australian content rules, and you know, let's face it, if you could just run a channel that showed people's favourite either soap operas or comedy shows or whatever from wherever, it would cost very little to put on, but it would, it would be quite profitable. I mean, it would be like a sort of a, a, a gold 104 of, of television. Well, like, like what Go has been. Exactly. soft launch Go. Well, Go yeah. is evolving into that. Yeah. That, that is what's going to happen. And then the problem is going to be is, is that free-to-air in this country is for ages trying to you know, fend off the barbarians at the gate by admitting that they can have second digital channels. They've actually slit their own throat, in my view, because people say, well, if we can have a second, why don't have a third and... Yeah, what? why not just show whatever people want to watch? Seven and nine have announced that they'll be launching a third next year. They will, they will. But it is yeah. it is a race for the bottom because they're still competing for the same audience. I, I I do not believe that they are pulling people who wouldn't otherwise watch a TV show into watch a TV show. They're simply 
They're simply splitting apart, splintering the existing TV audience, and it is costing them more to do it. And the only reason they're doing it is because the other ones are doing it. So, again, it's a pie with a lot more lines in it. Eyeball pie. I'm finding that very tasty, the eyeball pie. I... uh, I've been thinking a lot about uh, about your death of television comments, and I've I've finally come on board, Tom. I'm loving the whole uh, new regime, new world order. If I was uh, if I was a young content maker, I, I can't. Well, you see- are young. Well, yeah, but I'm, you know, and you are making content as you talk at the moment. I know. I'm, I'm, if I was, he's not that young. He's just lit nicely. Mm. We could get them to put the video podcast. It's uh, uh, it's actually Brent. Their, it's their it's your special lens that uh, it's your special, <laughs> special Jack, Jack McDonald lens. Jack McDonald lenses. <laughs> lenses. Yeah. Uh, there's there's very little reason to actually approach commercial television with a new idea for for mm. a show because uh, there's no way that it could be made uh, cheaper to their standards than. Uh, the crap that they can buy from from overseas. Mm. There's no guarantee that uh, a new show is going to bring any eyeballs to to the station, and therefore any advertisers. Why uh, and why why wouldn't I just create it, put it on the web, let people find it on their mm. own, and uh, and and keep all the money that I can make from that for myself and for future productions. Well, the thing is, you might not make much money sticking it on the web, but probably what you should do is stick it on the web because if it gets picked up and it gets noticed, and that's why in different cities, I mean, Channel 31 in Melbourne, you know, does fulfil that to an extent. People get to try out different shows. In the old days, that's what the ABC used to do. I mean, they used to experiment with things, but I mean, I, I do some work with the ABC and they're still obsessed with ratings. They shouldn't be. We were talking a couple of weeks ago how uh, networks used to run pilots. Mm. Actually, I've got a little bit more to add on that too. Because remember, we were talking. Uh, Brad had brought up the "I can't believe it's not better" being oh, shown actually, on, yeah. on the. Oh, sorry, you, you brought it on the comedy, comedy channel, channel, and and I was having a discussion uh, about this with some some people connected to the ABC, and I was uh, saying I actually thought it was a good idea to at least show these pilots. And it turns out, apparently, now people have stopped making pilots in Australia. They make a thing called proof of concept, and proof mm. of concept will apparently be like a pilot. But it's usually just filmed in any old room. Like it, it's often just filmed like like on on yeah TV. So cams. it's like a rehearsal read. Kind of like a rehearsal yeah, read. They shoot yeah, it, don't so necessarily light it properly. No sets. No, yeah, often not lit at all. It can just be you know with the fluorescent lights in the room you're in, kind of thing. I thought that was quite fascinating. They were saying that they've, they've the, kind of given up on the idea of the pilot. Yeah, there's another problem that Channel Nine has at the moment is that they have so many people who are on very high salaries who got contracts under the old regime. They can't actually afford to experiment with anything new. So you will see for the next six months to a year very old and hackneyed and well-known faces being recycled into pilots, but the pilots are only ever shown internally. So they're not, they're not experimented with on a proper audience. But you'll see the same faces being recycled. Once those contracts come up, and they can Jules get rid Lundford of... Jules looking at you. Well, that's right. <laughs> Once you, I'm not naming names, but there's some big ones there. They're going to be told, look, you used to earn 800 grand, now it's 200 grand, and here's the show we'd like you to do. Take it or leave it. Some of them will leave, but they'll be able to make shows more cheaply. But as it is at the moment, they, they struggle to afford new people to come in and do stuff. But d- did they bite themselves in the, uh, in the ass by. Uh, in the what? I, I don't know. It's, it's bite late. themselves in the ass. Did they, did they shoot themselves famous, in the foot? Famous old, is did a, they, a nicer way to put that. Did they bite themselves in the, in the, in the shooting foot? Did they, did they punch themselves in the sandwich <laughs> when uh, uh, when they just started paying people way too much? When they increased yes. the costs of 
of making television. Yeah, it they, meant that they couldn't be as uh, uh, as as uh, as brave with their risks. They, they did it at a time when TV was at its was at its peak. When, when was this? Tom? Oh, what well, period are we talking? When this? We're probably talking about the early two thousands, late nineties to oh, early two so thousands. Was that late? The, the, oh, I yeah, was thinking was this late, was like yeah. you know, from the eighties or something. When suddenly the the wages went up. Well, it, it, when I say it, it was when they they signed the last round of contracts, probably the last few years, and TV has only been going downhill since then. So you know whether it was the internet coming up or broadband or Foxtel or whatever, but that was the point where TV wasn't the only alternative. It wasn't the only screen in the house. I heard someone say, and you know, so they they sort of got this legacy. And I say they. I mean, you've got seven and nine have been bought by private equity interests. Ten is run on a shoestring and almost went broke early this year, and that's that's been still the case. I mean, I'm. Oh, in fact, Cam West did file Chapter Eleven. Cam West yeah? did, yeah, but they've, they've and they've sold it off, and they've sold and out. So, so ten is now. We've heard very fair. little about who bought it. It was sold to institutions. I mean, ten is now. Ten is the only pure TV play on the Australian stock exchange. So the, th- I mean, there's no nine anymore. There's a there's a thing called um, Consolidated Media, which owns point zero one percent of Channel Nine. There's the listed seven network, but it only, only, only owns a half stake in the seven network. So it's SEV7, but it's seven holdings limited. Who owns the rest of seven? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's another private... I think it's KKR. Yeah. So it's... Uh, okay. Who also make bacon? But that's I a think. minority holding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have... I, I think they've got... Look, it's almost 50-50. It's either 47-53 or 49-51. Because we only hear Kerry Stokes. Exactly. And yeah. Kerry Stokes, would, you know, he, if you spoke to him, he'd say, oh, I'm in charge of Channel 7. But his private equity owners are the, are the ones who really are. They're the ones who gave him all the money. So there's a listed company called Seven. It only owns half the Seven network. It also owns quite a few other things. Ten is the only pure TV play. And its share price has recovered but not really gone anywhere. And it's you know equivalent to, say, you know, Fairfax is a pure you know, Australian newspapers and radio play, Macquarie Radio Network. Uh, obviously, News Corp has got the whole global interest, but you can't really buy direct shares in nine or seven anymore. In uh, it, it, at a time when audiences are tending more and more towards the niche, and I mean, we had Wilbur Wilde in here earlier, who sends his regards. Mm-hmm. We were talking about uh, Hey Hey It's Saturday and how that that uh, did get you know four point two million viewers in in Australia wide, including regionals, as he points out, and uh, and. That's one of the f- the last remaining uh, generic audience t- types of shows. Everything else is going niche, niche, niche. Uh, do you think that the networks are not set up to uh, to actually accommodate a niche audience? I, I wouldn't pay too much attention to how well the two. Let's face it, it was two Hey Hey and mm. Satellite shows that came back after I forget how many years now, but what ten or fifteen or whatever Walmart, it is. Yeah. There was always going to be a nostalgic reason to watch it, although apparently Nine is working on bringing it back uh, properly, and Channel Seven is going to do its own version with Grant Denyer or someone else. So you know, look out for that. Which was in the works. Denyer was uh, mm. doing pilots last yeah. year, and yeah. But 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 in terms of generic shows, I mean, the game shows are still generic shows. I mean, news and current affairs are still big audience generic shows. Um, one would argue that you know dramas like you know Sea Patrol and uh, Underbelly is not a series so much as a, a sort of a drawn-out movie, you know, once a year for the last few years. Packed the Rafters, maybe that's Packed the Rafters. You know, there, there, was, there, was still, there were still shows that, that, that pull a big, big audience. And I, and I would question whether 
a variety program. I mean, Rove has now gone off here, so arguably there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's Rove, a space for that now. Rove's not stupid. He he realizes there's there's only space for one Daryl Summers on Australian TV at yep. a time. Yeah, but see, I, I, what I question is, um, what a backhanded compliment for Rove. Yes. Hey, hey, it's Saturday comes back. Of course, people will watch it. But if it's back on your screens. Week in, week out again. I think it will ha- look hackneyed and not very good. I mean, you can't, you can wheel back people from the past, and that's okay. But it only works, you know, for a week or two. But but it, it won't necessarily work over and over and over I again. Think, I think it might might take off. It depends on on what version of the show they bring back. If they if they bring back the soppy crap that that was what eventually got taken off well, air. Well, I'm older than you. They should bring back then, Hey Hey at Saturday morning. Oh, you yeah. Know, with cartoons. No, that was the 9.30 show. version. Yeah. That was really fun. And go up the, against Donnie Sutherland with Sounds Unlimited. <laughs> yeah. I see. I don't even remember that was it. Wasn't Donnie on Sundays? <laughs> no, Saturdays. Wasn't Sounds? Uh, the, uh, it was Saturdays, bro. Don't argue with no, people who remember Saturday morning television. We had that, okay, had that leather important. jacket. I know, it's fantastic. They should bring uh, Johnny Sutherland on Wednesday <gasps> nights on Channel 7 when uh, I hate Saturdays. But he had the bags generic, under his eyes uh, medically, uh, surgically removed. The generic, uh, the, the generic audiences are nowhere near as large or generic as, as they used to be compared no. to Channel 7 shows, packed no. to the rafters and A Country Practice. A Country Practice did so much more, maybe not in actual numbers, but in uh, in... In percentage of population. Well, the, the interesting thing is, Pack to the Rafters. Sorry, Pack to the Rafters shows that there is room for a program that appeals. And, and what is interesting about the show, the show deals with people of different generations, and in that sense pulls in an audience of different generations. I mean, that's just my take on it, and I might mm. be wrong. But I mean, that, that that was passed up by I think both the other networks before um, Seven got a hold of it. Can I ask you though, on the eyeball pie concept though, isn't it isn't it better though to make a niche program? If I'm an advertiser, isn't it better for me to be able to buy my ad in a, in a show that I know appeals to eighteen to twenty five of this certain demographic? Than it, it, is? It, it, it depends. It depends. I mean, the answer is yes. And see, Channel Ten always says, "Oh, we're very big on the sixteen to thirty fives, and they push that and. You know, Nine will always say, well, we just pull in the whole, you know, when Eddie's on or we get a Ray Martin special, the whole audience, the whole, the whole nation watches. Like the thing is, if you, if you can slice and dice an audience really, really well and, and absolutely grab one, then that's good. But the costs of programming and the, the limited supply of hours a day on the TV screen are that most programs go for the widest audience possible. So you see, 10 is probably the only one, and whether it's just because by default, like it just happens to have gone that way, or whether there's a, a deliberate move to it. It allegedly goes for more of a youth audience. Nine is more the you know the older set. Seven is somewhere in between. But honestly, they are all shotgun type networks, not rifle networks. They're not trying to pick off different no, niches nothing, yeah. because they've got one and now two channels to do so. And so, really, most of the time, you're better off trying to grab you know grab the centre rather than going for the niches. And I still think that's the and that's. That's the way their, their programming mentality works and their producers work and everything else. Who who can we get that everybody likes? You know, is it Eddie Maguire? Is it Grant Denyer? You know, is it any? You know, if you're looking at game shows or whatever. What's been what, what I found really interesting was that uh, uh, Channel Nine's NRL footy show has basically been destroyed, having dumps Matty Johns over over a group sex thing that yes. that wasn't off which, the back of allegations from women at all. on live television. Um, but but at now at the end of this year, NRL footy shows uh, they're talking about uh, about canning it for next year. But seven and ten have a bidding war to to get Matty Johns on on their channels. 
Well, I, th- I think Nine went through a bit of a problem with that because it was a, it was a current affair on Nine. I mean, it was, it's, it's now recorded as one of Tracy Grimshaw's great moments. The other being interviewing That's Gordon Ramsay. She got the Walkley for, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. You know, I interviewed Matthew Johns at the same time and torpedoed another Nine program. But a cynic would say, "Well, the damage is already done, so you might as well try and get out of it what you can." Um, look. I- you know, it's it's difficult. You know, if, if they weren't also self righteous, they could have he could have apologised and, and gone on with it. Maybe so, but I mean, I, I think I think there also there was a money thing as well. I think they could get out of paying Matthew Johns because he'd done something that um, voided the terms of his contract, and uh-huh. so you know he was being paid a handsome sum of money. They probably took the road of saying, well, he's done something. Let's 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 cut him off. Remember, it happened at the start of this year. And that was when budgetary pressures were at their absolute peak. And so I think that they probably cut him loose um, because of that. Predictions for next year, Tom? Oh, well, predictions. I think Freeview will continue to expand its market share just because it's new and because the shut-off time for analogue. <laughs> it's market share in what? Well, just, like just in terms of who watches just it. In terms in, of being a sticker. I, well, no, no. I'm saying the number, the, the second digital channels ah. of each of the commercial networks Let's say it's 10% them and 90% the main channels at the moment. I think that 10 will grow to 15, 20 over time, and they'll get smarter about programming. And you'll see shows being moved back and forth and that sort of thing, and advertising on, on one, one channel to the other channel and vice versa. Um, I still think you'll I, – I, I think the ABC's iView is really good, and I think if – again, and I've said this before here and plenty of other places, if the commercial networks are smart – if you miss a show, they'll say, right, yes, you can watch it. It's going to cost you $2. And you'll go, yes, and you'll, you'll just have your credit card there. And it's all, you know, once you become a member. So every time you miss a show, it costs you one or two bucks and you can watch it or you can download it and watch it six times. They'll be insane if they don't do that because people can do it anyway for nothing pretty much now. The New Zealand commercial channels have an eye view, which is just, a free, doing, it's just yeah. a, another free way, though, of watching you are, uh, But you, it does. They, they've got exact viewing figures. And uh, they can put ads in there. Mm. Well, well that's the thing. I mean, look, I mean, look at when you go and watch a video on, say, a Fairfax website at the moment. You know, you have to watch a fifteen-second commercial yeah, before you watch music, the video. Da, 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 okay, yeah. now they control you. They know you want to watch it. They're not charging you for watching it. But before you get to it, they stick an ad yeah, in there. TV well, three in New Zealand, same thing. You get exactly. Up, yeah. So if they're smart, that's what they'll do. Because otherwise, people will continue to download programs. And I mean, you have to look at these hundred gig internet plans that are being offered. I mean, I mean, it, you know, no one wants to. To say, you know, by the way, what is anybody doing downloading 100 gigs worth of stuff a month? I got 150 a month. I right, still one, blow exactly. It out. One, and you still blow it out. Well, I use Skype a lot. That's yes. right, because of all, yeah, all those all relatives overseas. Yeah. Brett, yeah. Brett likes to back up Wikipedia onto his computer. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, you never know when it's going to go down. But, but, but I'm I, also I, webcamming. You know. I, I do think the other thing is uh, digital radio. Look, di- digital radio in the UK has, has taken off quicker than people thought it would. Um, As did uh, in-car traffic uh, uh, systems mm. that gave a visual representation of what was going on over there, which hasn't here. No, like well, they, uh, they were big. They were big fifteen years ago in the UK. We still are yet to see them here, really. That might say more about the car market and stuff, but I reckon that, that as, as more people are saying, I'll use my iPhone or maybe the Google Android device, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. that becomes both the sat-nav, the phone, the mobile internet, everything else, and you'll put it in your car, people will start saying, okay, well, maybe I can even get digital through this, but they'll, they'll mm-hmm. expect to get digital content through their cars, and that, that's going to be the big move. Once you, When I was in the UK last year, I drove around, and every... Uh, 
every I drove from London to Cornwall and I passed through the Welsh part and whatever and I could pick up all different versions of the BBC and I knew what they were doing and some of them being the the Welsh part had dual language broadcasting I mean if you spoke Welsh you know that is that that is it was quite a powerful thing and and, and I think that we're you know local radio sort of headed towards that as well but, well and 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 Ford have already started uh, d- doing that in their cars yeah uh, and it's just a matter of time before everyone else. So. It, 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 it is a matter of time, but I still think the audience is going to get increasingly fragmented. And you know, I, I just, I just know, I, I know this for a fact. Look, salaries are being cut in commercial television. They're going to be looking for cheaper versions of programs, and it doesn't matter how many digital channels they launch. A declining proportion of people are sitting in front of the traditional TV and watching what we consider normal TV viewing, and and, and that's not going to change. So. But hopefully if they cover all the niches, then nobody will be watching subscription TV and uh, less people will be switching to the computer. They they, they will never cover all the niches because people are getting used to on-demand. You know, when you get music these days, I mean, this is another thing, I mean, with iTunes and whatever, I mean, you know, people say, I want to listen to something. Well, with YouTube, they can pretty much get it. You know, are they going to just keep switching to the radio? I'm just not sure. I just think we've got a generation coming up that says, the moment I want to see or watch something, I can grab it. Why do I have to wait? And that is the big, big challenge that both television and, and, and radio sort of um, owners ha- have but in this country. You'd, you'd also be experienced with this that, uh, that some, of, some of our most popular radio in, in Melbourne is talk radio, and that's about the, the relationships, I think, of the listeners yes. with the announcers and, and listeners being able to talk to each other. That's basically. why my other media job is talkback radio because yeah. that is very difficult to replace. That The immediacy... Can't and, get that on demand. No, you can't. Well, no, no, you get it on demand, but you can't... You can't Doesn't uh, mean the same. You can't listen to it later on. You can't, no. you can't interact with it. No, no, you can. You can ring up. Not later on. No, no, that's the whole point. Yeah, no, oh, you, no, could, no. you could still ring up. You'd just be mad. Oh, yeah. That's, yes. that's hey, why can't, I, why can't I speak to someone? Because he's asleep. <laughs> Tom Elliott, thank you so much for, for joining us on, on Box Cutters. That does bring us to the end of, uh, of Box Cutters special norepinephrine. Norepinephrine. Norepinephrine Delta. Delta Fox uh, Force. Special edition Charlie Delta Force. Norepinephrine Force. <laughs> I want to oh, say... I want to say Norepinephrine Force. <laughs> That's coming soon yeah, to a cinema near yeah. you. That's, see, that's a niche market, Tom. <laughs> a niche of one. N- Nora Ephron. <laughs> Nora Ephron as a Green Beret. All right, I'll give you a tip. Speaking of Green Berets, don't bother to go and see uh, Avatar. It's oh, crap. no. Right. It's crap. You heard it here first. <laughs> Controversy. I know. And that's, and that's our movie review segment <laughs> on Box Cutters. Thanks so much to Wilbur Wilde for, uh, for, for coming in and uh, telling us all about what it was like being part of Hey Hey this year. Thanks uh, to James Talia for talking about the news over the phone. And, and taking my, my questions into vain, hoping he would speak for his employer. And, uh, and thank you also, Tom, Tom Elliott. Uh, all three of you have been a, a very special part of, uh, of Box Cutters this year, as have the listeners who have uh, commented and interacted with us. And, uh, and send we research. Love that. I love it when they do that. Yeah, when they send, send research. And, uh, and we've got a, a number of things in the, in the mail, uh, uh, CDs, pictures, everybody who entered uh, Brett's still-to-be-announced <laughs> pitch competition. I'm, I'm building anticipation. <laughs> hey, uh, but, uh, uh, Tom, and, Tom was just talking about interactivity. Uh, at any time, you can you can send us an SMS on the special line, but there's also a, a link on the website. You can uh, email us. 
I'd, I would be up to uh, to hear what you guys are interested in in uh, in box cutters. What you'd like to hear? Yeah, that that would be great. Also, uh, uh, Twitter box cutters cast on on Twitter. Uh, and thanks also to everybody who has dipped into their pockets to donate to Box Cutters this year. Uh, that's really helped us uh, keep going and helped cover some of our costs. Yeah. So that's been very special. If you want to be one of those very special people, you can find the donate button on the blog. If if you've gotten through this entire <laughs> nine-hour episode, you can... Uh, then go and donate because, quite frankly, you'll be a bit tired, a little bit susceptible. Mm, uh, mm. I said, yes, you want to give money to box cutters. Easily persuaded. Until next year, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I'm Tom Elliott. <laughs> I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters all year long. Catch us again <laughs> next year. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Boxcutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Boxcutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. Tom, now, uh, every week for the past uh, a few months, uh, basically since we've had that new outro, we've been doing this bit at the end of, uh, of every episode where it's just a little, little bit, a little, little tasty treat uh, to, uh, to, to leave the audience with. So are you prepared to be a part of that? Absolutely. That's a shame because this being a, a special edition of Box Cutters, we're just not going to do that. <laughs> Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.